3: Hey, what's happening, San Diego, and welcome in to Gwyn and Chris. Kicking off another week here on San Diego's number one sports talk station, 97.3, the fan Super Bowl wrap-up here beginning, and uh, I got one thing to kick this off with, and that is the fact that there have now been 58 Super Bowls played seven times in the history of this sport. A team has come from 10 points down in a Super Bowl to win. The first to do it was Doug Williams and the Washington Redskins when they were here against the Denver Broncos many years ago. Uh, Drew Brees did it against the Indianapolis Colts. Tom Brady did it twice. Patrick Mahomes has done it in all three of his Super Bowl wins. This guy is uh, hes pretty good. And I think that because of that, We know the answer, finally, Tony Gwynn Jr., to the age-old question that Scraby has been asking. I asked you to have it ready. Yes,
4: yes, but (laughs) I'm also trying to get the cameras going. Oh, you're also getting the cameras going. Of course they are just messed up. Hold on. Okay, Chris, set that up again.
3: The age-old question that Scraby has been asking.
4: How did this happen?
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's how it happened. Patrick Mahomes. Hi, Tony. How are you today? I'm well, Christopher. How about yourself? I'm
5: actually doing fantastic.
3: Today. Yeah. Yeah. It's, You're good? Uh, I'm really good. Chiefs it
5: won. W- great football game. I
3: feel like I'm a part of Chiefs Kingdom. I was rooting so hard for them, I hate to say. Yeah, no, I mean I think we are a part of Chiefs Kingdom at this point. At
5: least for uh yesterday afternoon, you and I were. Yeah. No, it was uh it was an outstanding, outstanding game. Now um, what I what we saw was two stout defenses early.
3: Really good.
5: And then what we saw was two offenses that eventually started to wear both defensives down, and it just became a who made the mistakes and who capitalized on them. Chiefs capitalized on the 49ers' mistake. 49ers did not capitalize in the way they should have yeah. on the Chiefs' mistakes, and that ended up being the difference in the game.
3: Yeah, they kept you know you can't keep Patrick Mahomes in the hunt. No. I mean the 49ers should have led that game by a lot more than they did at halftime and they should have led, you know, they should have scored more in the second half. They got two possessions in Chiefs territory to start the third quarter did nothing with either of those. And that left the door open for Patrick Mahomes and he walked right through and he is he's already cemented it. I I don't know that he has to win another thing, Tony. To cement himself as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, the problem is, I think he is going to win a whole bunch more things. Yeah, I mean, no, I agree. that's bad news for the rest of the league when he walks up on the podium and he says, "We're not done yet." I was hoping he might say, <laughs> "Well, we're good now."
5: But, yeah, no, and they, they were in, they were indeed intent on getting that message out. It wasn't just him. Um, I agree. I, I think really in the you know in the amount of time that he played, he's in a uh, really a lane by himself. He's not in there with anybody else right i mean he's got three championships three super bowl mvps he's got what is it one uh regular two regular season mvps yeah yeah i don't there isn't anybody in the that span of time that he's been in the league that has that kind of uh
3: accolades no he's uh he's uh he's amazing and uh You know, despite the best efforts of the 49ers, they just could not defeat Patrick Mahomes. There's been a lot of criticism of the 49ers taking the ball first in overtime. To me, that's just people having to have some sort of criticism. I I agreed with what the 49ers did. You get the ball first. If you can score your touchdown, you put the pressure on the Chiefs to have to go. I know the Chiefs get four downs coming back the other way, and that is an advantage. But if the game had been tied at the end of the first two possessions, guess what? Then the 49ers would have had the ball first in sudden death, and that's almost certain victory. Yeah. So I think the 49ers played it right. The one thing that they probably didn't play right, Kyle Shanahan said, we talked about it, our analytics people, they didn't talk about it with their players, because the players after the game said they didn't know the rules yeah. <laughs> of overtime at all, and that kind of makes the 49ers look a little wanting, but uh, it was a great football game. It's come to my attention that a uh, tweet was circulated last night that uh, supposedly was sent out by me, and it <laughs> said it said something to the effect of, uh, I feel for my friend, my guy, Matt Scraby, and something to the effect of, he's got nothing to be ashamed of, the 49ers played great, and but I never sent that. I think somebody broke into my account... And sent that tweet. No, there was a blushy-faced emoji, so there I knew. Oh, you was know it was definitely me. you. <laughs> you know it was for me. Yeah, that's, your giveaway. Yeah.
4: that's your emoji. Well, although he did learn a new emoji the last week. Emoji? The fire symbol yeah, was, he was
5: sending around. He, so. was, he was using that quite a bit last year. You should
4: have used like a random emoji, and I would have never known, Chris.
3: I would have loved to have uh, just uh, you know pounded on top of you today, but, I mean, it's really difficult to do. I thought the 49ers played a pretty good game. I know that you're anguishing over a lot of things from a – punt that bounced off a guy's foot to, oh. uh, you know.
4: At first luck. I was like, what are you doing? And I'm just, like, oh, wait, he had no choice
3: yeah, but to try to pick it up. He was
5: trying to save everybody. Yes, right there. Right. Yeah, that's uh, right.
3: That guy, uh, Ray, was it Ray Ray McLeod? He is the, the happiest third. guy on earth that they have replay to show the ball hitting their foot. 100%. Because at the beginning, he looked like the dumbest guy on earth for going after that ball. I just
5: knew by the way he was signaling everybody get away, that the way he reacted, that he clearly saw that ball hit his teammate and we just didn't see it and then when right. the replay came as you said I'm sure he was probably the happiest person in the building cuz he didn't look like he didn't know what he was doing
4: I'll tell you what what really started the the losing for them it was when Drake Greenlaw I can't even speak right now Drake Greenlaw going on the field jogging on the field tears his Achilles and you see Fred Warner put his hands on his head like what in the world is happening
5: I saw it, it, it it's it's funny maybe the first possession of the game our first Kansas City possession, 49ers get a stop. And I think at some point Greenlaw makes the tackle and, like, gets up and he, like, just crushes the ground. Yeah. Like in excitement. Yeah. And that's all I can think of when they flip to him getting ready to run out onto the field almost with the same type of of vigor as he was going out there. And you can see immediately as soon as it happened, even before he reacted, you just knew that there was nothing good that was going to come from that. He would, they, I, they, I, that actually made me sad for me too. A shorter, uh, a little bit of time as you know, you kind of figure. I'm happy we didn't have to see it live. Like that came like later, right? They showed that after they showed a showed after the commercial, commercial break. break, yeah. yeah. And, and so it was, it was, it was really sad to see him because you know, of course. His adrenaline is flowing. He's like, I'm, I'm good, and then realize Couldn't you can, you could see it come over his body when he
4: realized
3: that, Achilles that he wasn't. I mean, he's like play. out for like almost a year, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're not
4: going to come back from that anytime soon. I know. That's the, that's the that's other the worst part, part is man. when you have an injury like that in the playoffs or the Super Bowl because then your not whole next year a, is messed not up. Not even on a play, though. Like, yeah. he
5: didn't even get a chance to, like, he I'm got sure. one,
4: or, one or two possessions in and then that happens. I'm sure that he would feel much better if it was something I, I that was, happened during the game. I was sick of, for him yeah. on that one, man. The other thing that doomed them was the kicker missing an extra point. I did. He got nervous, I swear, because that kick was, like, it really was bad. It was low. <laughs> it was really bad. I don't think it mattered. I think it mattered.
3: I know it did because the game went into overtime, so everyone's going to say the missed extra point made a big deal. I don't think
4: that would have led them to the win. I would. Have, it, it changes the strategy of the That's game. Right. But I don't think it mattered what the
3: strategy yeah, was. was. I think Mahomes would have overcome it. <laughs> oh, can we stop? We go, I, mean, we, I hate we to, to say it, no, we that. can't stop, Scraby. No. We can't stop. The guy is unbelievable. And this isn't a knock on your team. I mean, he did it to Baltimore. He did it to Buffalo. He did it, it to Miami. Way. I just don't like He's his done it dominance. to everybody. He, but you've got, <laughs> you have to accept it. It's, I'm not it's going to un, accept I, it. It's unfortunate I, I, for I you for right now. Great. But to me, had the 49ers taken a 17-13 lead in the fourth quarter, and he made that extra point, which he should have, I gotta, I gotta Mahomes say, just would have gone down and scored a touchdown. But I, he didn't need a touchdown. I mean, this guy's... I, I, I've I've given up. I mean, I'm a Miami fan. I don't think I'm going to see the Super Bowl ever.
5: I am as long as
3: this guy's playing.
5: I am really happy that I got to grow up in a in an age of of Michael Jordan, right? And I bring him up to say it taught me how to appreciate like greatness. It, it you know even though I was hating on Michael Jordan during that time frame, it taught me as I got older. It's taught me how. To appreciate greatness, but then when Tom Brady came around, as much as I couldn't stand the Patriots, I had to respect his greatness, right? And it's you know it's going to be the same thing with Patrick Mahomes. Like is he is proven in a very short period of time that he is that he is now into that that category, Chris, that you finished, that you were talking about. You just don't want him to have the ball at the end of the game. Yeah, You don't want him to have the ball last. Yeah, maybe if that's does, the it's... one
3: thing the 49ers should have thought out and and, and given him the ball first. But I, I just don't know if it would have mattered. I, I think the 49ers did it right. I mean, they can second-guess Shanahan all they want. The one thing I would guess second-guess Shanahan on was the strategy at the end of the first half. Uh, the Chiefs had the ball. They were going down for a field goal. Shanahan did not use a timeout. And the Chiefs kicked the field goal with about 20 seconds to go in the first half. Shanahan uses a timeout. To me, the 49ers get the ball back with about a minute, minute ten. They could go down and kick a field goal themselves before halftime. And I just think, you know, would it have mattered? Probably not. Patrick Mahomes just would have scored more points in the second half. But I don't think you can pass up an opportunity to score. And I I was surprised by that one.
5: I think they went run-pass, right? Second, third down, I I believe those two plays went. And I think... The reason why they didn't is for the same reason why the Chiefs ran that ball on the second down is because they didn't want to leave too much time no. on the clock for the 49ers. Now, if he calls a timeout early, then that probably changes the Chief strategy. Clock has stopped; we can now throw the ball and push the push the ball down or try to get get yeah, into the end zone.
3: Maybe try to get a touchdown. I, I'm sure Shanahan was thinking that way, but. I, I don't know. You want to beat these guys, you gotta you got to take every opportunity. That was the only criticism I really, truly had of either coach uh, and either side. There was no referee missed calls. To me, there was no strategy missed calls. People are trying to make a big deal out of this whole overtime thing. Oh, man. You know, Kyle Shanahan's being crushed.
4: And they're also saying he's one of the biggest choke artists in oh, yeah. coaching history. Well,
3: you know what? You, the people that are saying that Shanahan's one of the biggest choke artists in history... And they're referring to the fact he's he's had a ten point lead in two Super Bowls. He had a ten point lead in a championship game. He also had a twenty eight to three lead as an offensive coordinator, and he's lost all those games. But all of those people that are pointing to Kyle Shanahan as a choke artist are forgetting conveniently that Andy Reid, when he was with the Eagles, That's lost right. three consecutive NFC Championship games and a Super Bowl. So, you know, it, it's you're you're never the man. Until, until you're, you're the man. man. Yep. And Andy Reid was going to go down in history as the coach who could not win the big game. They said the same thing about John Madden when he and the Raiders lost about eight AFC championship games. You're not the man until you're the man. And Shanahan's not the man. Yet. But that's what I would say, yet. Because I still think he's going to be bouncing back. He's still got a pretty good squad. Most of their Just team is returning. up against it right now year. with with this Mahomes guy I mean Mahomes is making everybody <laughs> this Mahomes guy I mean you know the way that the way that Jordan did it for Phil Jackson the way that uh, you know Brady did it for Belichick the way Tiger Woods did it for Tiger Woods <laughs>
6: right.
3: I mean there's just certain guys that are just a cut above everyone else and I I honestly truly believe this kid is one of them yeah so
5: it's, uh, it's it, it was quite the treat watching both of those teams they're it was clear that those were the two best teams in football banging heads at last night and it just it it just one team had to win it, and as you said it doesn't mean the 49ers didn't play well uh this was just two good teams in a in a maybe a generational quarterback Dual? Yeah,
4: uh, I know. Brock Purdy and Patrick Mahomes are going to be playing for Super Bowls for the rest of the tournament. I didn't say so.
5: quarterbacks. I said quarterback. Y-
4: yeah, dual. No, quarterback no, no, dual. No. I, thought you, <laughs> I thought you were talking about Mahomes' running ability. No, oh, no, 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 no. no, 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 no. Not, no. I'm nah. talking about Brock Purdy getting back to that game. I. You don't. Would- i nope. really like to talk to Roger Goodell about what him and Taylor Swift were talking about before the game because that's when I knew the 49ers were going to lose. When Taylor Swift and Roger
3: Goodell are sharing See, this yup is what happened,
5: Chris.
4: Y- they, they on the
5: they field together. to conspiracy theories now
3: for the reason his team You're going to make yourself look bad you were by take, going there.
5: You were taking this loss like a regular adult there for a sec. Now we are venturing... Into the Twilight Zone.
4: I am not mad at Patrick Mahomes. I am not mad at the Chiefs. Yeah, but you want to talk to Roger. Yes, I do. About what he was talking to Taylor Swift about. Because I, I wasn't even mad at the Taylor Swift coverage last night. Because at one point I was like, I think they've only showed her one time. <laughs> and then the more drunk she and Blake Lively got, the more camera angles came towards them. So I was fine with all of that. It's it just I, I, I can't stand Patrick Mahomes' greatness.
3: I can't stand it, just because he's great. So. Spoken
5: like a true hater. Good for you, great. Well, at least you're honest. Like,
3: it's spoken like a 1990s New York Knicks fan, or 1990s Indiana <laughs> Pacers fan, Touché. or Lakers fan, or Portland, Phoenix, Utah. You know, all of those great teams and great players. Seattle. Who got buried by Michael Jordan in the end.
4: Eric said on the chat, the YouTube chat, you can watch this on YouTube right now. Just search 97.3 The Fan. He said, it was the practice field during the week. I knew it. There was. The Uh, soft,
5: the very cushiony grass. We
4: all know that the NFL wanted the Chiefs to win this game. They gave them the amenities of the Raiders uh, (laughs) practice facility. They also gave them, uh, uh, I don't even know. I'm just... Grasping make, at straws exactly, is what you're doing. Exactly.
3: You're grasping well, at straws here.
4: Here's another thing. Chris McCaffrey fumble doesn't fumble. They might score a touchdown there. And to open the game, they were driving down the field, ready to score the first points of the game.
3: Yes, but understand this, that when you're playing Mahomes, you almost have to play a perfect game to win. Yeah, exactly. You do. And the do. 49ers played well. They, they did didn't not play, play a perfect nope. game. Nope. And also, asking a team to play perfect is is a pretty tall task. That's why this guy's so good. You can't mess up. You have to score every time you have the chance, and every time they make a mistake, Mahomes throws that pick in his own territory. You have to take advantage. You've got to take advantage. You got to make your extra point. You got to make off the fifty-yard field goals. You can't have a punt bounce off your foot. And when you got third down, down on the ten-yard line in overtime, you got to convert.
6: Yeah, Adam on the chat
3: kick the field goal. That's that's what it takes to beat Patrick Mahomes. 49ers didn't do those things. It
4: wasn't uh, – this is not our Adam, this is another Adam, but saying, did you guys hear about the 49ers having the whole fire alarm thing go off really oh, early yes, in the morning? Oh, yes, yes, they were so very upset about one that. Yeah. Another one of those, huh? Hang with them.
6: Yeah, you Here's people, your check, please, please Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. Swift.
5: Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, people, stop giving Scraby don't more, excuses. More, like, fuel me me more. more. Don't give him more
3: fuel for fire here. Give me more. All right. All right, the uh, <laughs> NFL season is <laughs> over. Scraby, to much to Scraby's uh, distress, the 49ers have lost another Super Bowl to Patrick Mahomes. We will talk more about it with Marcus McNeil. He will join the program in this 2 o'clock hour. We'll get some of his thoughts on Super Bowl 58, which really was super uh, compared to a lot of Super Bowls. This is going to go down as one of the great remembered, uh, remembered games of all time. We have some other things in the world of sports this weekend, including our guy Charlie Hoffman. Going into a playoff in the Waste Management Open, Charlie told us on this show about a month ago that he was just crazy enough to believe that he could actually beat these kids and win a golf tournament. And he damn near nearly did it yesterday. We're going to have him on the show today in the 3 o'clock hour. Looking forward to that. The Aztecs came up short Friday night in Nevada. We'll talk about that as well. As we get underway, we're only towards 6 o'clock. Gwen and Chris. Chris, Tony, Scraby, the whole gang's here on San Diego's number one sports talk station.
5: 224 on the clock. Spring training is underway. And for the latest Padres news, try listening to chapters from the show. Each day, each topic we cover is broken out so that you can find what matters to you most. To get started, download the Odyssey app. Back by Popular Demand. Jerickson, I'm clamoring for it. JS Pro Profile. Signs a one-year, one million dollar deal with a one point five million dollar incentive based on
3: um, plate appearances. So, um, million bucks. Yeah. That's like a. That's like almost getting a guy for free. In
5: Isn't this that what Nelson age.
4: Cruz got paid last year?
5: Something around those lines. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a pretty significant pay cut. I think it was five mil for Jerickson last year. It's one this season, and uh, this was a, a move that at least the Padre fans were certainly. Uh, clamoring for. They, yes. they wanted to see Jerickson back, and for good reason. I mean, last two times Jerickson has been in the, the Padre uniform, uh, the short stint last year, the Padres played their best baseball, Yeah, and the year before, the Padres, on a team that really, if you could argue, he was a very important piece, especially that second half of the season when he became the leadoff hitter, um, his back, you know, that team got to an NLCS, so There's a lot of good feels around Jerickson Profar, not only what he does on the field, but what he brings in the locker room.
3: Yeah, and you can tell what kind of guy he is just by uh, walking by him and saying hello. I mean, he's that that nice of a guy. He's got a great attitude. He's upbeat all the time. Now all we have to do, Tony, is find uh, another outfielder, a first baseman, a DH, and two starting pitchers, all of whom be willing to come in for about the same price tag that are as good as Jerickson Profar
5: i mean base,
3: that was a i mean that's a great signing right there for a million bucks yeah
5: no you definitely uh didn't have to spend a lot and i uh, i mean I think the focus will now probably shift to outfield d h slash first base because you know based on what kevin a c uh wrote a few days ago, they very well may be content with the guys they have and so that's in terms of, in terms in terms of, of starting pitching right that's joe musgrove that's you darvish that's michael king and that's then uh, it seems like there's there's two groups here right you have uh Brito and you have vasquez kind of uh, as as kevin ac put it lightly penciled in and then you have the the next group of guys um and those are guys that we saw a little bit last year in um, Waldron, right? Uh, Avila, right, Avila.
2: Pedro
5: Avila. Pedro Avila. The knuckleballer. Wal- uh, Is it Waldron? Wald- I said Waldron's a knuckleball. knuckleballer.
3: guy, yeah. Um, we also saw Jay the, Groom Jay, in as spring training. A lefty, yeah, Jay Groom. He pitched well. We had him on the show. Uh, right at the end of spring training. He pissed very well and during th- spring and training. And then we never, we never got to see him again. He
5: struggled during the regular season. Well. And so that's probably why we did here. Now, there are still the couple of names out there, Michael Lorenzen um, and-, and Noah Syndergaard, who the Padres have reportedly been in contact with. So
3: and they those might are, be closer to the million-dollar range.
5: Those are probably in that range that Chris is speaking of. But I think that's probably why the focus will, will start to probably shift to – those other spots because yeah. they they you know listening to reading ac's article and what mike should had to say they want to see these guys compete and, and somebody in his words is going to have to step up
3: you don't have to sign anybody for your starting rotation unless you realize that you have to sign somebody for your starting rotation That's i right. mean it's possible that the guys they have right now can get the job done and i would imagine there'll still be some arms waiting to be signed if need be um look, they probably only have according to what I read, they've got about $20 million left before they get over the luxury tax. And to me, that's where you got to draw the line if you're the Padres and you and if you're the fan base that wants to see them go, you know, all in, understand that they've got to get their house back in order in terms of the luxury tax. They just do. The Dodgers did it last year. If the Dodgers have to do it, so do the Padres. And You know, they're way over the luxury tax the last couple of years. So maybe they have another $20 million, if that. You know, otherwise they're going to go over that luxury tax. So there's only going to be certain people that are available at this point. And, you know, I mean, I think they found one of them by getting Profar. So hopefully they can get some more.
5: Yeah, it's uh, pitchers and catchers are already in the full swing of things in terms of getting themselves ready. Uh, Sammy Levitt is is down there. We're going to eventually hear from him at some point. Gravy, haven't heard a lot from you, man, today. I know it's a rough day, but um, it's okay. It's okay. Are you sure? Because you know, no. usually you would have you know more than your fair share by this time. Well,
4: first the cameras decided today was another day. It's going to kill me. And then I, I saw the interception after halftime on the TV. they were rewatching. Yeah, he, he's for some still punishing
5: reason. himself right now. We're watching.
3: The it
4: just hits a game. lot different knowing what happens at the end. Would <laughs> you yeah, like lot lot to turn different. the sound up so you can relive it in all its glory? No, but here is one thing about Tony. Why Romo. Why are you really watching it again? It's just on TV, and I haven't changed <laughs> it. Change the channel, uh, my friend. Here is one thing: Did Tony Romo sound act like a guy who's not going to be with Jim Nance next season? He kind of like felt. Reflective. I know people are
5: hammering.
4: Uh, I don't think he. Did a bad job.
5: I, I tell people what well, I shouldn't say. People. I read an article in which uh, I think it was in the Athletic where uh, they were saying how he basically stepped all on Jim uh, Lance the very last call of the game because oh he was trying to explain the rules as the play was happening. Now I didn't. I don't remember hearing that.
3: Yeah, I don't either. But uh, that
5: was a, a criticism. I was a too busy trying it. to
3: explain to my mother in law that she just won the pool. She had five and two, and there was a big argument afterward. Now, now we looked it up on her on the grid, and we had a different grid than the one we played with here at work. And she was up for like 500 bucks, I think. And I told her on the drive, I said, If the Chiefs score a touchdown, you're going to win the pool because it's going to be five and two. So they scored the touchdown. I told her, You won. She was very excited. And then she checked in with the people who did her pool, and they said, well, we have to confirm that you won. And I said, confirm what? The score is 25 to 22. What right. confirming is there? Apparently, a lot of people had trouble with their, with their square pools, because if you put that you're going to give a certain amount of money for the first quarter, the second quarter, the third quarter, and the fourth quarter... A lot of people who had nine and nine, oh yeah, yeah, thought yeah. they won at the end of the fourth quarter because the score was nineteen to nineteen. Ah. and you had you needed to be in a pool where somebody made that that note where if the game is tied, we will take the final overtime score, not the score at the end of the fourth quarter, because there was actually five winning totals. Anyway, they finally ruled that she was the winner, so. I'm glad she won. That's how those pools work. But a lot of people at 9-9 nine and nine thought they should have been paid off as well at the end of the fourth quarter. I don't that know if is, that happened in your office pool out there, but it happened a, in quite a few that I know about.
5: That is a big, greasy hang with them right there. That is,
3: yeah. Man. $500? She got $500. Ooh. She was very excited. That somebody, is a lot. Somebody was for her.
5: salty, that 9-9. Nine, nine, uh. Yeah, the 9-9 nine, nine <laughs> person's ticked off today. They didn't get it. I know. Hang hey, with them. All right, uh, let's get to break. Marcus McNeil. Scraby wants to relive it. We'll do just that on the other side. I don't know that I want Marcus to, hear, but Marcus McNeil. has been on
3: after every week this season. Yeah, <laughs> and so
5: you're going to have to hear it one more again. We're going to Chris on the way.
3: All right, welcome back to the program. 238 is the time. Marcus McNeil joins us shortly to talk about Super Bowl 58. One of the things that I think will be remembered about Super Bowl 58 is the fact that nobody seemed to know the rules in overtime. Did everybody understand that if the Chiefs would not have scored with three seconds left in the overtime period, the winning touchdown, that the game would have carried over into a second overtime? The Chiefs were to get a full possession regardless of how it worked. Now, Scrape, you said your mom was watching with you and was like, time's running out. Yeah. And you were like, Mom, the, the clock doesn't matter. A lot of people say, well, what'd they even have the clock there for? I think just to keep track of how long the game was, honestly, at that point, maybe because he, uh, yeah, because the guy, there really was no reason to have a clock in overtime. You could have just kept playing and playing. But Bill Vinovich said when they started it,
4: new game, and I was like, huh, we're we're starting over? What what's going on? But he kind of meant it because you, it's basically zero zero. Yep, everybody gets a possession
3: after that sudden death. But I don't know that everybody watching the Super Bowl honestly knew. That the Chiefs like if they didn't score a touchdown on that pass to McCole Hardman, there was only three seconds left in the first overtime. Yeah. I think a lot of people think they would have had to kick a field goal there to tie it back up before the end of overtime. That's not the case. It was first down. They would have carried the the game into a second overtime period. They would have moved down to the other end of the field. And the Chiefs would have continued second and goal. I, I, um, so, but I don't think everybody knew that.
4: I can't say that I actually knew that going into overtime. I saw it on social media when, I, yeah. when it was as it was going along. I was like, oh, these are important new rules that no one knows about.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, this had never happened before in the NFL. This is the first time these new postseason overtime rules yeah. have been used. There've been twenty-eight games played since they put the new rule in that both teams get a full possession, regardless of what happens. On the very first possession,
2: and that, that was all it, put in after it, Mahomes it, it, beat
3: Buffalo okay, a couple of years thought. ago with a touchdown. That's what I and Josh Allen and never got out on the field. <laughs> the just now came to fruition. Just now came to fruition for the first time.
5: And, so everybody like
3: forgot about right. it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they did. And the Forty er players, I mean, they're taking a little heat today because guys like defensive lineman Eric Armstead said, "I didn't even really know what was going on in terms of the overtime rules. Had no idea." Uh, Jurczyk, uh, Jurczyk said, you know what? I didn't even realize the playoff rules were different you in overtime. You use check? use check, thank you. Jurczyk? I, yeah, well, it looks like Jurczyk. <laughs> I assume you just want the ball to score a touchdown and win. I guess that's not the case. I didn't really know the strategy there. We hadn't talked about it. But Kyle Shanahan did say after the game that he and his analytics people went over the whole scenario in case it happened. And they decided to take the ball first. So... That if the game remained tied after each team had a possession, which it almost did, then the it would have gone to sudden that, death. And the 49ers would have had the ball first. And I think that was correct thinking.
5: It's it's a great example. That's a it's a great proof of the fact that a really good coach just gets his players to buy in and do what they're asked to do. The fact that they didn't know the rules really is irrelevant. They play, They didn't play like they didn't know the rules. Yeah. They just did what they were asked to do. And unfortunately, the guy they were asked to do it against was they Patrick Mahomes. They couldn't stop him.
3: They couldn't <laughs> stop him. Even McCole Hartman, who scored the winning touchdown, said afterwards he didn't know right away he'd scored the winning touchdown. No, he did He, he didn't. wasn't sure. That's pretty crazy for a Super Bowl in a game that is... The that national yeah. thing, the, all, everything at stake, and the the actual people playing in the game didn't understand the rules. I just don't
4: like it that McCole Hartman, of all people, was the one to catch Why does it bother me? Wait a minute, McC- because that's the only thing you don't like? Because the random player that scores the winning touchdown, who wasn't even on the team to start the year, I don't know that he's annoying. random. And also, it's. Re- it, it, it he's just, been a part just, of
5: all of their championships. The Chiefs so I don't know have that been, been so
4: mediocre this year, and it just bothers me. You
5: shouldn't even say
4: stuff like that, because. Chiefs have been, in- been so. As mediocre mediocre as they were
5: when they played the 49ers.
4: Okay, I'll say the Chiefs have been mediocre during the regular season. There you go.
5: That's fine. Not mediocre uh,
3: enough. Who's, uh, who's the guy who scored a touchdown and threw a touchdown for the 49ers? Jawan Jennings. Yeah, he's a big part of that squad. Everybody <laughs> he, had them. Everybody had him <laughs> on their Jennings fantasy is. team. Good point, Chris. Oh, my goodness. Who you had him on out. their fantasy team this you year? Anybody out, out Juwan there? Jennings. Anybody have him on we your fantasy squad? We need to go to squad? the interview. We need to go to the interview. <laughs> Please. Marcus McNeil will square all this away. Our post-Super Bowl visit with the big fella. Super Bowl 58 is indeed in the books, and uh, we are uh, always excited to be joined by our guy, Marcus McNeil, to uh, help us break down some of his thoughts on uh, yesterday's Chiefs victory over the 49ers, and Marcus, uh, I think anybody who picked the Chiefs picked them because they thought Patrick Mahomes would make the difference, and by golly, he did, so I don't know what else we can say that we haven't already said about this guy, but uh I mean, to me, the 49ers gave him just enough of an opening, and he walked
8: through that door. Oh, man. It, it, it's the old Tom Brady rule. You don't want him to end up with the ball last. And they they let him get the ball last, and Kermit the Frog came through. Like, just, <laughs> he, he's just amazing. I know we talked a little bit about him and when would they start comparing him to Tom Brady last week, but – I, I, I beg to differ that Patrick Mahomes might be in his own lane. You know, uh, with him winning three championships at the age of 28, i I'm pre- I, I go back and check the stats, but I'm pretty sure he's in that club by itself. Yeah,
5: he yeah, so is. I think Brady had two. He had no Super Bowl MVPs at this point or regular season MVPs. So he is certainly right now in in a lane of his own. But, you know, aside from Patrick Mahomes, which is always, can, which can always be a takeaway when you end up watching a game he's in, what was the biggest takeaway from this game between the two from your standpoint?
8: Um, just that wrinkle that the Chiefs always seem to have that they don't let anybody see until this time. And uh, I knew it was going to be something, and, and of course, I hate to be the dead horse with Patrick Mahomes, but just seeing them use him as the first option on the run. Yeah. I don't think I've seen them do that since he tore up his kneecap a few years ago.
3: Marcus, uh, did the 49ers play a great game in your estimation and just suffer a bitter loss or are there things that the 49ers are going to be kicking themselves for throughout this off season?
8: Yeah, I don't think they should cook, kick themselves too much. I mean, losing Greenlaw to an Achilles injury like just running on the field I mean you you just can't plan for that you know nobody saw it come in uh totally unexpected and he's such a big part of that defense and and, and I think when he got out of the game we kind of saw Kelsey start to take advantage of the new guy who came in
5: I mean after watching this game right Brock Purdy I thought played Pretty good. He didn't play, you know, extraordinary, but he was good. You look at Christian McCaffrey, it seems like they seemingly went away from him a little bit more in the second half. What could you, what could they have done differently? What could the 49ers have done differently um, if they if they had to get to give themselves a better chance to win this game?
8: That's tough, Tony. I, to be honest, like, I, they were right there. I okay. mean, they they had everything that they wanted right there. You know, they, they had the lead right there at the end. You know, they played them tough. They they were kind of keeping Kelsey in some sort of a box. Nothing big was happening. The game was close. I just really think that them giving the ball back to Mahomes with so much time was the only thing that, like, caused them to, to come away with that L yesterday. I think if they have the ball last, I think that the tie might have been flipped. But, I mean, they they had a great game plan. They came out. They played well. They they mixed everybody in. Debo, uh, you know, like you say, maybe McCaffrey a little bit more in the second half. But uh, he's such a dynamic player. I want to see him touch the ball as much as possible. Yeah,
3: When you're in that Chiefs huddle, Marcus, I mean, try to take us in there. I mean, their first seven possessions of the game, they got exactly one field goal, And they were going three and out. I mean, almost every possession. Maybe getting one first down here and then punting. And all of a sudden, they score five of their last six possessions. How does a team stay confident when things are going so poorly
8: as they were for the Chiefs yesterday? Uh, I mean, one, you being there before is going to leave you with a little bit of confidence. You know, uh, two... I think that you always have second half adjustments when you're going into a game, you know, you're going to start off this way and then we're going to switch it up so that we keep the defense off of balance uh, in the second half. And I think that they knew that they were going to have a different game plan going into the second half. Uh, I think we saw a little bit of that when, you know, Andy Reed uh, got <laughs> got bumped by Travis Kelsey uh, in the middle of the game where he's like, Hey, keep me in the game. But, I really feel like Andy didn't have him in the game because everybody's planning for Kelsey. Everybody knows you're coming, so let's just keep on throwing wrinkles at him until we really need you.
5: Talk about those emotions. Marcus McNeil joins us here as he does, as he has every week since we've been in NFL season. Talk to us a little bit about the emotions. One being that particular play you're talking about Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid. It, it, it was a bigger deal outside of the field than it was, than it seemed to be on the field. And then the emotion on the other side, which played a much bigger part for the, for the 49ers, uh, with their middle linebacker who was amped up from the very beginning of the game, ends up tearing as he's going out to, to run out on the field. It was really a sad moment to see, but just talk about having to control that type of emotion because they both seem to play a part in, in both incidents.
8: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's just an up-and-down roller coaster. uh, The emotions with Kelsey, I mean, he's so competitive. I I saw a lot of people saying that, well, if this happens to somebody else, then, you know, they're in trouble, you know. But I think that with Andy Reid and and, and the whole crew, not just Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, but their team in general, I think that they're so competitive and and they've been together so long that sometimes you're going to have those little spouts where, you know, you you just feel like the, the top spot to come off because you're so emotional or, or riled up about the game, and then uh, so so on that side, I expected to see that's like two brothers fighting or or, or you know uh, a son being upset with his father or something because yeah. he's not in the game right now. But uh, but on the other hand, with Greenlaw, I think that kind of like uh, it was a little bit deflating. You yeah. know, uh, I I think that whenever you lose such a key part of your defense that you're scrambling trying to figure out how we're going to fill this void with him gone, but you're playing in the Super Bowl, so you don't really have that much time to, to really figure out what's going to work. But So so I think that was probably the the biggest caveat to the game, where the 49ers seem like you know they lost the edge on the defense.
3: Marcus, every team's going to go to training camp uh, in July, and I don't know if in the back of their head... And maybe in the front of their head, no matter what they do, no matter who they acquire this offseason, no matter what trades they make, free agents, drafts, they're still going to have to eventually find a way to beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs if they want to win the Super Bowl. How is somebody going to do this?
8: Oh, man. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I mean, I, I would like to have a formula to that, but if I did, I'd probably be a head coach somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, I mean, all you can do is, is is just come out and play your game, you know, uh, not try to overcompensate for anything that the Chiefs have. Uh, we've seen teams beat them. Uh, it, if you go back to the Baltimore and the AFC championship game, I would like to say that Baltimore really beat them that game and Mm. and really blew it their sails with with some penalties and tough calls down there. But at the end of the day, you just have to find out what makes your team go and what makes your team different and then try and capitalize on that. But if you go into it thinking about the Chiefs all all season, that's just a nightmare waiting to happen.
5: You know, one of the things Patrick Mahomes said at the end of the game, Marcus, was – you know the chiefs should never be underdogs yet already as you look ahead to the 2024-25 20, NFL season um they go in right now as as basically underdogs they are not favored to win the super bowl next year or the 49ers are at this point this is something you you would think could be used as motivation huh
8: i mean one thing I said they didn't want to do was put KC as the underdog. You know, I felt like that gives them the advantage every year. When when you come in and have them labeled as the underdog, just because they believe in themselves. They they have that much confidence in their team, so they're never really the underdog. So for you to label them that, it's like giving them bulletin board material uh, for free. So I – I think the best thing that you can do is, like, go at them humbly, maybe trick them to feel like, you know, they are better than us and we don't have a chance besides just thinking that you're going to come in there and uh, and, and, and play the favorite and think that you're going to get a, a bad game out of them. I, I think it, it, it all has to revolve around whatever team you're on and who your best players are and figuring out how to get the best out of them. Because on paper, the 49ers, I went down the list – they look like a better team. They have more talent on their team than KC. But when you got a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes and you got a tight end like Kelsey and Andy Reid calling plays or, or running the ship, it's just going to be tough to beat that duo. They have a nice thing going on right now, nice little dynasty going. So uh, as long as they can keep that team together, I think they're going to be one of the top teams for, for a while to come.
3: Yeah, that was bad news for everybody at the end of that game last night when Patrick Mahomes jumped up on the podium and said, uh, "We're not done." Yeah, like I think every other team in the NFL would have hoped he said, "Yeah, we're done. We're good." No, but they're not. They,
5: they made it a point. To they, say made they made it a done. point
3: to say they're just getting started. Perhaps, uh, Marcus, uh, you're done for the season, and uh, you were brilliant. We really appreciate you having uh, coming on with us weekly, talking NFL. I know the fans, uh, the listeners enjoyed listening to you, and uh, we enjoyed talking with you. I Hope we do it again. But uh, enjoy the off season, my friend, and uh, we'll catch up to you down the road. Thanks so much for everything, Marcus.
8: Hey, definitely, man. Appreciate you guys for having me. Hopefully I'll see you at a couple of Padre games this year.
5: I have a feeling you will. <laughs> Thanks, Marcus. We appreciate your time, man.
8: All right, man. Y'all have a good one. Marcus McNeil
3: doing great things and uh, being a regular guest on the program. We really enjoyed hearing from him all season long. Hope you did as well. Super Bowl 58 is in the books, and the uh, the Dark Jerseys won again. Well, not again, but only when the Chiefs play the 49ers, apparently. Thanks, Otherwise, Chris. the White You're welcome. <laughs> Otherwise, the White Jerseys have won most of the recent Super Bowl, 16 of the last 20. She said, we don't care about white unis. We're I think wearing our red. I think yeah. what you could say is whichever team
4: has Patrick Mahomes on it is going to win.
3: Fair enough. It's looking that way. It's looking that way for maybe quite some time. We got a daily gambit. 13 seconds to go in the overtime. 22-19 San Francisco. McKinnon is in it. Running back. First down and goal to go. Play action fake. Right side throw. Touchdown. Kansas City, McCall Hardman, McCall Hardman with the catch on the right side. A three-yard touchdown
1: pass in overtime. Kansas City wins the game,
5: 25-22. Not one, not two, but three championships for the Kansas City Chiefs all under the helm of of Patrick Mahomes.
3: Don't forget the one they won under the uh cigarette smoking Len Dawson back in <laughs> 1970.
5: <laughs> they got one in the 70 as well. Yeah. Scrapey, have you seen the release of uh the new Super Bowl logo
3: for next year? Yeah, for next year. For next year. Yeah. No, I haven't. There's
5: uh there's there's a there's a Let's picture see. of it going around.
3: Is it looks lo- looks
5: lime green and Chiefs colors. So we having a uh, Seahawks Chiefs. Oh my Super goodness, Bowl next no. year, based on you know your Disgusting. your theory that the Super Bowl colors
4: go it... to. Oh, I see. Okay. No, I mean it's purple and green. Oh, that's not the one I'm seeing. It's... I'm seeing this one. Hmm.
5: Purple and green. You guys be... are seeing two different ones. Yes. We
4: are. <laughs> uh, purple and green is not red. Yeah. Well, that purple and green. So Vikings be, could be Baltimore Jets.
5: No. Could way. be Baltimore. Nonetheless, Ravens, uh, Eagles, Ravens, Eagles. No well,
3: way. no, I'm over this theory now.
5: Okay. Well, anyway, you should be. Well, uh, it's
3: ridiculous that the 49ers are favored, and I'm not. You, Scraby is going to take that personally. You can't favor anybody other than the Chiefs. At They've this won point. literally back
5: to back years. What do you what are you nuts? Takes no sense. None. I but, think but the again, reason they're doing but that But again, that is the people who are who are already bidding on this, who are already putting bets down. They believe for some reason that the Niners are the team to beat next year. Yeah, sure. well
3: that's the same people that picked the Niners to win the game yesterday because they have a better team. You know what? They might. They don't. (laughs) They don't have Patrick Mahomes. They don't. Yeah. I mean, it was the same thing that people used to say, again, about the Bulls. The Bulls wouldn't be that great if they didn't have Michael Jordan. But they they had him. Yes, they do. They had him. Yeah, I think the reason that they are
4: favoring the Forty Nineers because there's a lot of questions with contracts in Chiefs land, but the Forty ers are largely going to go unchanged.
3: There are no fans that know any of the problems with the contracts in
4: Chiefs <laughs> land. Don't. Well, they that's don't. why I'm saying At that the Forty ers ended up being. There. I'm not saying that they should or should not be. I'm just telling you.
5: Yeah. Well, nonetheless, uh, that dynasty may just be getting rolling. Meanwhile. The Padres uh, are starting to get set for spring training. The first game is the 22nd. Uh next not this Thursday coming up. 10
3: days. The following countdowns Thursday. going on, Tony. Yes.
5: And it's against the Dodgers. You'll get the Dodgers on back-to-back days ah. uh followed by the Brewers Cubs. It's a short spring training this year for the Pods. Obviously, yes.
3: is 97.3 the fan the home of the Padres carrying the spring training opener? I don't know if that we did that last year or not. Can't remember. I feel
5: like we did do the opener I think last did. year.
3: Do the spring opener usually?
5: We've got, on hear, it it we've got to hear what time it is. It depends on the, where it we is. We got to
3: hear the dulcet tones of Jesse Agler and Tony Gwynn Jr. I don't disagree with we you. We missed those guys. I don't disagree. Yeah,
4: I'm looking to see what time is the game. Do you know? Twelve ten. 12 no. 10. 10 their time. Oh, so it's eleven ten here. No.
5: Yes. No.
4: <laughs> yes. 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 Wait, what? Yes. <laughs> is yes. It, yes yes. No? is yes. it yes or no? Is right. um, it yes or no? Right. And it's on a weekday. Yes, it is. It's on a Thursday. I don't know. Well, let me ask Adam and see what he says.
5: Sorry. One ten their time. 12-10 okay. our
4: I'm gonna, time. I'm going to text Adam right now and see if he knows. All right. Yeah, meanwhile, meanwhile well, he should know. You...
3: If he doesn't know, nobody's going to know. <laughs> right. <'Cause laughs> it's pretty <laughs> much his decision. <laughs> Uh,
5: while you text Adam, maybe we should get to the Daily Gambit. Do you like money?
0: I think about money a lot.
1: Do you like money without doing anything? Uh duh, winning. Do you wanna make money while watching sports?
8: I think Washington is a mortal lock. Washington!
1: Woohoo! If you answered yes, this is your segment. Just don't blame us when you lose. Well, nothing is ever your fault.
6: It's your game. Take
1: it. Gwen and Chris go through the top bets of the day in The Daily Gambit on 97.3 The Fan.
4: Oh, by the way, I'm so happy I remember this. Did you guys get triggered by the Daily Gambit music that happened during the Super Bowl last night? I did not. This was playing last night in one of their go-to commercial breaks, and I was like, I feel like I need to say this is the daily gambit, your daily sports betting segment. I didn't, I missed that. So did I. It was Pavlov's dog moment right there. Uh, Anyway, we made some Super Bowl bets. We shall review them right now. Before we
3: get to it, did you know that the last touchdown switched everything for Vegas? Oh, over and under. Yeah, they went over the total with the touchdown. Forty-seven. The total was forty-six and a half. The spread and the spread obviously went in the Chiefs' favor. On that last touchdown. So that last play turned 49er and under winners into Chiefs and over winners. And I guess the uh, books took a bath because mm. most people had the over and more people had the Chiefs. So. I'm not
5: mad at the uh, sports book Yes, back. I don't think Me they're going to be hurting they'll
3: too be badly. Right. Yeah, they'll be. They'll, they'll bounce back. Well. Yes, they, they will. They sure will.
4: Yeah. Uh, all right. So here is the or here are the bets that we made last week. The first touchdown score of the game, no passing touchdowns, would be Christian McCaffrey was the answer. You guys chose Mahomes, and I chose Ayuk. Wrong there. First KC Drivers. Well, I was very pumped up, and I tweeted at you guys because you both picked a touchdown for the first Kansas City drive, that they actually forced a punt, so I win that one. First SF drive, we all said punt. It actually was a turnover because of Chris McCaffrey. Gatorade color. Chris purple. called yeah, it purple. It. Uh, Patrick Mahomes passing yards over under 261.5. Tony was the only one under 333. That Slightly extra, over. That extra... Or seven and a half minute drive really helps him with his passing yard over. Brock Purdy over under 245 and a half. I was the only over 255 in the game.
6: He made Uh, it.
4: He did. He did. Rasheed Rice. What did you think of the way he played, Scrappy? We haven't heard your thoughts on Brock Purdy yet. I thought he played good. I thought he he didn't make any mistakes. I thought he went for it when he needed to. I, I didn't. I don't have any issues with his play yesterday at all. I know there are a lot of people crushing him for he shouldn't for be
5: what? he shouldn't be crushed
4: for for like uh, some of the batted ball batted balls he can't do and about that. And the one that was over the top to Debo late in the game that one Chris Jones was right in his face. He had to let go of the ball and it was just a little too. Chris high. Jones he's,
3: was in his face on a lot of passes. He's, yes, he's yes he just
5: not the other guy on the other side. That's really what That's it was. The That's the only thing, thing
3: you can say bad about him. He's not he passing
5: That's bad. it. I he think played fine. he I, played good.
4: I think any quarterback gets beat by Patrick Mahomes yesterday, yes. but yes, he yes. he showed up in a Super Bowl. Yes, so he did. He, the one thing I would have liked to see him do more was run a little bit more, because there were some times when he could have just run up the middle and he didn't, and he tried to find someone down the field. I think the biggest person that needs to take some blame in this whole thing is George Kittle. Two catches for four yards. He Are you was me? he hurt his shoulder? That was late. That, that, that
5: was really I, but I, that was I, after
3: he should have caught some passes, Tony. But that Come was on.
5: the thing, though. He made a he made a play early in the game, and he, and, and, maybe. And, and he, he was really slow to get up, and you could see him grimacing. I think I did, he was I, hurt
4: I do remember before
5: that. he actually came out. And he and did was,
4: catch a very important fourth and three that I thought Kyle Shanahan was insane for going for it on that fourth and three with regulation, but it, it worked out for him. So, yeah. uh, Brock Purdy, he'll be back. He's gonna win a Super back, Bowl. He's gonna win a Super Bowl, everybody. Rasheed Rice, over you guys, <laughs> over under 67 and a half receiving yards in the game. Uh, Chris and I went over. Tony went under. He was under 39 yards. Debo Samuel, another guy who didn't really show up yesterday. Over under 57 and a half receiving yards. We said all of us said over. He had 33, so he was under. Travis Kelsey, you guys said over seven. I said under 93 yards was the uh, the answer to that one, he had 92 of those 93 yards in the second half alone. Yes, he did. I really thought when he was running down the sideline in he the fourth was... quarter, I thought he was going to score, and then I was really going to believe a script.
5: He inflicted pain on my man, though, yeah, going he down, he down gave that up, he,
4: he risked he, his, to risked his life to stop Travis I, Kelsey. To stop Travis I don't remember who that is, but I stand was with it him. Was it Brown? It may have been Brown. It was his whole
5: left, right side he could not feel. Yeah. Completely yeah. limp. Yeah,
3: it was. Yeah, that's the part of the game we don't think about watching it, is how much violence there is on these collisions. And the thing about how that. How much these guys got to be willing to give th- that's, up.
5: That's, that's the thing right there. Yeah. Because there's a whole lot of time in between the time he's running to hit him and he actually yes. hits them. I mean, Kelsey had a full head full, of steam, right? So, and he knows. He's like, I'm going in here. I'm, I'm going laying to get it
6: hurt. Out. <laughs> I'm going to get hurt right now.
5: Because, I mean, yeah. you think about it. Most of us in that same amount of time, would have made the
4: decision, I'm not doing this. Oh, he
3: can't. De- Deion <laughs> Sanders would have made a business decision and said, game over. Here's the he,
4: end zone. He could never not give it his all because then he's Cam Newton I mean, looking at the fumble on the I ground mean, for the rest it, of the it, it tournament. Be.
5: It wouldn't even have been close to Cam Newton. If he would have let oh, Kelsey just run into the end zone. And he would designed, have been crushed. It, oh, my God.
4: He would yeah. have been crushed. Yeah. I, know, um, I
5: know personally, I'm just saying, I would have thought about it.
4: I'm sure he did think about it. <laughs> do, I, do I really want to do this? Uh, I guess I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Uh, George Kittle, we said, over under 47 and a half yards. He had four yards. Isaiah Pacheco, over under 68 and a half rushing yards. We said, over, he had 59 rushing yards. Christian McCaffrey, over under 88 and a half rushing yards. He had or two of or. Chris and I said over, Tony said under, God. did 80 rushing yards. It's good yards. thing I didn't actually bet on any <laughs> of this stuff. <laughs> Will the game end and score got me? It did not. Ten. So uh, that was a no. NFL, or the Super Bowl MVP, none of us picked the right one. It was it was uh, Patrick Mahomes. And then the final two minutes, none of us got it right either. SF was not behind in the final two minutes. Um, ten total points was not scored in the final two minutes. And the 49ers were not behind again. So, there you go. Tony wins those. I didn't really do a breakdown, but Tony just won
3: by the eye test. Sounds like Tony won. I it sounds like I didn't win any except the purple Gatorade. <laughs> well, that's a big one actually. Is that a big one? No, it's it. like the do hardest one to get. Is we should
4: now like put $10 in each just to calculate because that would be a big what was the what we're over the odds on that one. Uh, plus 225. That's pretty No, purple good, was
3: favored. Yeah, purple plus was 225 was the best. Yeah. yeah, purple yeah. was the choice. I went with the favorite there. I, I win. You I see
5: the problem with that is... The head clubhouse guy could see what the odds are and decide he wants to no to, kidding, to do that. Man, you gotta like, be is, careful with that one. That's a t- like you can well, read that. Reba
3: McIntyre could bet on the National Anthem <laughs> going <laughs> over and decide to stretch <laughs> oh, it out a little bit and make another million bucks. There was
4: a, a controversy on that because she said home of, or the land of the free and the home of the brave. She said home of the brave. I had to say oh, it twice. Myself. She said it twice, and so casinos said that the timing officially stopped once she said the. First second. home of the brave, the second home of the brave doesn't matter because the song is over after the what? first home. Of no, the brave. I thought it was the other way around. No, well, that's what I saw like because people were freaking out saying she said it twice. And the sports book that I, at least I was seeing were saying that it's the first home of the brave.
3: Huh, uh, let me look it up that, again, but she could still stretch it out. All uh, right. Duke minus seven, home to your school, Wake Forest tonight Scraby, as we kick off the uh, monday night betting <laughs> the demon deacons your duke- demon deacons when well, you want to go first you want the deeks plus 7 deeks plus 7 or duke at home i'm going to take duke at home duke at home by the way the uh, rankings came out today that good for the mountain west that. not good not a single mountain west team is ranked we took it on the chin this it's week it's like the best conference in the nation yet not one team is deemed good enough to be in the top 25 also at this the point. most
5: penalized
4: Conference yeah. in the nation. Patrick feels Mahomes like. is
3: doing an interview on TV right now, and he looks
4: like
6: he's asleep. <laughs> <laughs> he
3: looks about the same as he looked last
6: year he, at this time. He That's looks right. like he's he about to
3: do be asleep. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. they take him down to Disney World, of course, and he doesn't get. More Why sleep. did they
4: have to do it the day after the Super Bowl? Can't you have like a nice outing like a month from well, now? Dude, <laughs> they, they flew in a private jet. They'll, no, I'm saying. S- I, right?
3: I know
5: he can know.
4: get there. He'll, he'll get. He'll, uh,
5: try he'll make it. Look at his
4: eyebrows. He's trying so hard to stay (laughs) awake
3: right now. (laughs) He could easily fall asleep in the middle of the interview right now. Brock Purdy should have such problems. Yes. Yeah, no kid. Duke for Scraby. Duke for me, minus seven. I haven't heard much on Wake Forest. Duke for me as well. All right. Texas Tech is home to Kansas. Texas Tech's favored by three and a half, even though Kansas is the more highly ranked squad. we talked
5: about these teams having to go on the road. Yes.
3: Uh, But it seems like the odds makers are figuring it out. Because normally you'd think Kansas would be favored in this game. I'll take Kansas. I'll go against myself this time. Tony? I'm getting points, so I'll take Kansas. Yeah, give me Kansas, too. Kansas? Scrabby? I've been on Kansas way too many times. Give me Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Guns up for you. Uh, USC women. 11 and a half at home over Arizona. Juju Watkins. Juju Watkins, who scored the 51 against Stanford earlier. She is the uh, second... Story in women's college basketball after Caitlin Clark. Caitlin went for the record yesterday. Got 31 points going into the fourth quarter. Needed eight more. Zero. Did not score in the fourth quarter. After the game, I don't know if you saw the controversy there. No, I did. More the, controversy? There was. They brought the Nebraska team in for post-game interviews. And I guess Big Ten rules stipulate that the visitor's supposed to go first. The Iowa coach was heard off-camera Screaming that this is not Big Ten protocol. This is beep beep, and was upset and said they had to catch a plane and was very furious at the uh, fact that Nebraska went first for the post game. Anyway, when Wait, it was say bleep, bleep? Was that chicken bleep? Yeah, more something like that. <laughs> yeah. And then when it was uh, Iowa, when it was Iowa, yes, bull jive. <laughs> when it was Iowa's turn to go up, they had already left. Iowa just took off. Took so off. Yeah, I mean, were, I, I, I would and, imagine, you know, I
5: would imagine getting upset. Probably had a lot to do with that irritation.
3: Don't don't hold them totally responsible. You lose a tough game, it's supposed to hurt a little bit.
5: No, I I understand that. And she was upset, that's all.
3: Uh, Anyway, uh, let's see, uh, Chris is first. I'll take Juju Smith, or Juju Watkins.
5: By the way, I just need to say this, because I thought it was exclusive to Cowboy fans only. After tough losses, you're scrolling through Instagram... And, you know, after the Cowboys got beat, you saw TVs destroyed. Appar- oh, I saw one 49ers Apparently this too. is a, a, a contagious thing because
4: I'm setup seeing thing. it
5: for 49er fans now, too. I think it's a setup thing. Meaning what?
4: Meaning there. Let's go
5: buy a 49er jersey and make these... No, no, nothing like that. Oh, okay. uh,
4: like, like here's a viral video in the making. I'm gonna smash my TV and then try to fight my friend. That's the one I saw yesterday. I
5: mean, is it really worth Would it? Pay how, do you, for how, that? how do you get Would you pay yeah. to How do you
4: get your TV some, back? Some of these people will. Some of these people love clout that much that they will do that. I don't know who this I'm person a, was. I'm that gonna I saw.
5: air on re- the ridiculousness of the 49er fan on this particular.
4: Okay, preside. you're gonna say it was because they <laughs> cheered for the 49ers, just
5: like I just like the Dallas Cowboy fans were doing it. You're seeing it across. Social media, 49er fans
3: suplexing their TVs off of the, the mount and just destroying it. I don't know who you could suplex your TV for unless <laughs> you just, I mean, there was no bad call. There was no bad coaching decision. It's a great game. You lost. That's someone. Painful. That's uh, someone not, that, who not worth throwing a TV away.
4: That's someone who uh, doesn't know how to handle
3: their emotions like me, guys. Yeah, right. You
4: kept it under control. Yes, we as need to get that, moving. Though, as that video
3: showed on Instagram, uh, <laughs>
4: I, I was someone commented saying I had jump off or drive off a cliff vibes on that video. You did uh, <laughs> I'm
3: taking USC minus eleven and a half women against Arizona. Tony USC USC me Scraby, too. All USC Clippers four and a half over Minnesota. Minnesota right now leads the Western Conference. Clippers, Oklahoma City, and Denver are all a half game behind. And the Clippers are home to Minnesota tonight, favored by four and a half. Scraby. I'm going to take Minnesota. Going to go with Minnesota there. I'll take the Clippers this time. Tony? I, too, will take Minnesota. Minnesota. Number one team in the West. All right, that's good for today. We're running a little late. I
4: did check real quick. The national anthem time was one minute twenty-eight seconds officially. Thank there you, you Scrappy. I'm glad you checked. That. Well, I said I would check it before the end of the second. And you did. Yeah. Did. <laughs>
5: Let's get to break. When we return, we'll check in down in Peoria. More Gwyn and Chris on the way. Here's some traffic.
3: Three twenty-five, welcome you back to Gwyn and Chris. Scrappy's getting along okay today, if you're wondering in pretty good spirits every now and again he just gets angry for no reason (laughs) well i wouldn't say for no reason we know the reason but he gets angry basically at nothing just something catches his ire i thought
4: travis kelsey should have been ejected for the game when he bumped his own coach because stop it throw him out um i am just enjoying what my guys did i'm very proud of my team what lost yeah, I'm, I'm proud of them in a loss. Mm. Steve Spagnolo said that Brock Purdy was a great quarterback. According to Yahoo. Yeah, so. Yeah,
3: guess what? Just wait till the Scrappy show when I really melt down. You get the same thing that the Dolphins got, which is uh, here, have a nice parting <laughs> gift on your way out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's some good news for all of you Padre fans out there. You'll love to hear this. LA Dodgers designated hitter Shohei Otani took on field batting practice for the first time today. In Glendale, Arizona, and he just bombed home runs continually. <laughs> oh my god. Unbelievable. He did, that. <laughs> Are he you kidding me? that's the sad part. Are you kidding me with this? There's a video online of him just bombing home run after home run. So Wellny said he was feeling uh, pretty good about things. I'm sure. So much for us hoping that maybe the what is it, the shoulder that he's hurt or the Tommy, Tommy Jones? Tommy John. Did it become French? Tommy Tommy John. Tommy Tommy (laughs) John. The Tommy John would affect his hitting, but not looking that way. Uh, Padres did sign an outfielder today. Jerickson Profar is back. So at long last, the Padres have a third outfielder on their 40-man roster, joining Jose Azokar and Fernando Tatis Jr. Profar was a, a key part of the Padres NLCS team. From two years ago, and then uh, rejoined the team late last year and seemed to do nice things. Pick you know, him up for just a million bucks. That yeah. part is really good. Yeah, you get him at a bargain. I think he made five
5: last year, so uh, you get him for four cheaper. That's a bargain. At a time that, you know, you're you're trying not to uh, overspend. And so you know what you're getting from Jerickson. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You get a dude who's going to be a, a good locker room guy. He is multi-dimensional in terms of where you can put him in the lineup. He plays multiple positions, so um, it's
3: a good it's a good signing for the Padres. Does he? I, this is a silly question. Does he still switch hit? Because I don't remember the last time I've seen him bat right-handed, and I and I remember him when he came over originally,
5: switch hitter. I'm pretty sure he still. Switches. I'm
3: pretty sure he does. I just don't think he gets too many at bats against left handed pitching.
5: Yeah, I think he was predominantly with Fort Apodge last year when he came over here. He was only facing right handers. Right. Yeah. I,
3: I can't remember the last time I've seen Pro bat from the right side of the plate. But um, anyway, Mike Schilt was asked about the Padres outfield situation as it stands now.
9: I mean, that's why we're here, you know, to play the games. I mean clearly Toddie's, you know, gonna get out there and, and uh and dominate and you know, Sugar's here and you got Mercado and Johnson and you know of course Marcy and and uh, you know we talked about Jackson you know getting some time in the outfield as well and you know of course with pro and um, you know you've got a couple other guys that you know have a real opportunity in Mitchell and um, and and so you know it's a good opportunity right. to guys get out there and go compete and, and go and go play what will Jackson Perez oh. yeah
5: what will Jackson's positional plan be will it be? Like you said, outfield. Yeah, I mean primarily
9: outfield. I mean, like when I went down and saw Fernando play, you know, I saw him play a little first base. I mean, Jackson's a, you know, he's a, like I say, he's a pro, so he can play left field, he can play right field. I mean, we've got a right fielder, so um, and he could get over at first base if if need arose. So, you know, he can pinch hit, he can do a lot of different things. takes a takes a great at bat, so he's versatile and depending on the situation, we got a lot of opportunity for him.
1: It seems like there's a lot of opportunity for, for a lot of guys. Like there even, is. If, even if even you go add in the rotation and, and the outfield, like those guys will get a chance. Some of the young guys will get a chance to
5: contribute, maybe make the roster. Like, why is that so important to to you guys to kind of leave that available to those guys who are kind of knocking on the door?
9: It's completely available. I mean, it's a wide open camp for um, the outfield, our starting pitching, um, for our bench. Um, so we've got a lot of um, a lot of good candidates for a lot of different spots.
3: Guest appearance there by AJ Casavell on that clip Love with uh, Mike Schilt.
5: You're going to hear a lot of AJ in this during these scrums.
3: Yes, we will. He asked a lot of good questions. By the way, ProFar did have 131 at-bats last year as a right-handed hitter. I just didn't see any of them.
5: Yeah, I I think they were for the most part all with Colorado. Colorado probably, yeah. yeah. He
3: hit 275 right-handed, hit 229 left-handed, had more home runs as a left-handed hitter. Anyway, Jerickson Profar back with the Padres. I think almost everybody universally is happy with that signing, and we'll see where it goes as uh, spring training gets underway shortly, and uh, Padres will play their first spring training game 10 days from today. uh, We're really proud of our guy Charlie Hoffman. Yeah, we are. Yesterday took it to the playoff at the Waste Management Open in Phoenix, I just love the fact that he told us he was silly enough to believe he was going to win a tournament. And you know what? If you don't say that, you can't do it. This is why the people at this level talk the way they talk. Right. I mean, he was like, he's 47 years old. Had he won yesterday, I saw this. If he won yesterday, he would have been the oldest to win a PGA event since Phil. Won the uh, PGA tournament. I think he's uh, 47. 47. Yeah. Yeah. The only, I mean, Phil was what, 50 when he won the PGA championship? Yeah, I think so. But Charlie Hoffman, Charlie Hoffman also was like 500 to 1 odds or something crazy like that. It would have been the highest payout for a, you know, tour winner and five or six years, something like that. That
4: tournament really, uh, my my focus was all over the place in the beginning of the Super Bowl because I had the the golf tournament on my phone and I had the Super Bowl on the big TV and I was cheering for Charlie and cheered for the 49ers.
3: It was a lot. It was like fan overload. Charlie Hoffman went for it. He had a, what, a three-stroke lead late? He did. But and the, he did not falter. He, he did not. The other guy caught him. Yes, yes. I yeah. mean, Nick Taylor, Nick Taylor, give him credit. He birdied three of the last four holes. And then uh, beat Charlie in the second playoff hole. But nonetheless, a fantastic performance by Charlie Hoffman, Poway's own. And we will visit with him uh, and find out what he thought about the craziness that was going on at that waste management open this weekend in Phoenix, that's next on Gwen and Chris.
1: Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here?
0: Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived.
5: Spring.
1: Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales event, where you can get great deals on all Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
8: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this
1: rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight,
8: the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported
1: by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details
5: at T-Mobile.com. If you like myself love Mediterranean food, and try else oh, right, Chris as well. Try Spiro. And me. Apparently Scraby likes Mediterranean food now. Didn't know that.
4: <laughs> I've always liked Mediterranean food.
5: He wants to get in on Spiro, So I suggest you guys do the same. Try Spiro's for authentic Mediterranean cuisine in Coronado or La Jolla for dining or takeout options. Visit Spiro'sCuisine.com. Our guy, Charlie Hoffman, coming off a 21-under waste management open Twenty one under, twenty one under. Come on,
3: Charlie, and save we, a couple of birdies for the rest of us.
5: We were we were hip to this because he got off to a good start in round one. Now he did that last tournament, and he did. I wouldn't say he faded; it just to, the the seemed like the leaderboard kind of left him behind.
4: Yeah, he also had a yeah, yeah. This
5: this week wasn't the case. He he kept pace and was in it. Got to the playoff, unfortunately. Uh, what was the guy's name? Nick uh Taylor. Nick, Taylor. Ch- Ch- Nick Taylor. Yeah. Ends up uh, caught, him. caught him catching him and uh ends up winning that tournament. We'll have Charlie on here shortly. Charlie's
3: been great this year. I mean in San Diego he was among the leaders, like you said, Tony, the first couple of days. Then he had like just one bad hole button scraping. Yep. We yeah, watched him we out, watched of it. It. yeah, we did. We watched Yeah, it. yeah he had one bad really, hole yeah, on the third round, I think it was. But I mean, other than that, I mean, he's played great, especially. And and listen,
5: he prepared us for that when he came on our show. He said,
3: "I'm going to be in the hunt."
5: He said, and listen, I think for some they may have considered it tongue in cheek, but he was very serious when he said, "I think that something was along the lines, I'm old enough." And dumb enough to think that I can compete with these that guys. I can beat these guys. Yeah, and he uh, has held to his Well He also said word. he
3: was healthy. Yeah. That's, that's the other thing.
5: That's the big thing. Let's get Charlie on the line here right now. Charlie Hoffman joins us. Charlie, first of all, great, great tournament. We wish you could have seen you win it. But uh, you held true to your words. You said you were dumb enough to think you could uh, beat these young guys, and you certainly took it all the way to the end.
10: I'm a man of my word, I guess. Uh, <laughs> you know what, I I, uh, I had the lead coming down the back nine, and I, I think I shot three or four under on the, on the back nine, and you know what, it just wasn't good enough.
3: Well, I mean, when did you when did you start thinking to yourself, hey, I got a shot
10: at this, or did you ever allow yourself to think that? Oh, no, you, you think about it, there's no question. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I saw my name creeping up there around, around the turn uh, at the top of the leaderboard. I knew they had a few more holes to play, which, in that scenario, is probably better because there's some birdie holes out there. But as long as I kept making birdies, I, I felt good about it. And uh, I was able to keep the pressure on and uh, post a number. Obviously, with a, I, I, was, I had in my mind I wanted to get the 22. Didn't quite get there. And uh, you know what? Uh, Nick took advantage of the little crack door that was open. And he, uh, he clutched up coming down the stretch, birdie, and I think three of the last four. And then two playoff holes. So, I mean, hats off to him, no, no question.
5: Charlie, the the one thing you spoke about the first time we we talked at the beginning of this season was your health. You talked about finally feeling healthy. How much has that played into really how well you've played through the last two tournaments?
10: Yeah, no question. I, I've got a great team assembled in San Diego now. Uh, Dr. Peter Mackay is my Cairo. Uh, Kaylee Franklin is my uh, P, or is my uh, trainer, and then Greg Rose is sort of my CEO at, at TPI and. Uh, you know what? And a great, and then a uh, Mark Blackburn is my swing instructor, and they all talk together, and we we make sure I, I did the right process, made everything right uh, in the last six months or so to be ready for this year, make sure I was ready uh, to play good golf. And uh, you know what? The plan has come to fruition. We don't we don't know how long that's going to last. Obviously, 47 years old and a bum back, but I'm I'm going to I'm going to press the pedal down for uh, as long as I can, and hopefully the the back hangs in there.
5: Charlie, at what point through the process, as somebody who's been injured before and, and is goes has gone through some of this rehab stuff, there is a point where you start to feel like, you know what, I, I think I'm gonna be all right. I I I think I can give this a go. At what point did that get to, or at what point did you get to that 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 time?
10: You know, being able to practice again, like last year was like all right, just being happy to be in the tournament and being able to play and play the tournament but I wasn't really being able to put the reps in this off season. being able to practice put the reps in, do hit the balls practice chip putt do those things that make the elite the elite and uh, I was able to do that and prepare this off season. and uh I knew I was in a good spot but I mean at 47 years old and to be honest you, you sometimes wonder if you ever can compete at the highest level again uh with the best in the world and uh I proved to myself this last week that I I, I can still hang. I, I thought it before. I was just dumb enough to think it, but now I know.
6: <laughs> well, we do too, man. Thanks
3: for taking us on this ride. I mean, because you you told us like you know Tony said you told us early in the year that you were gonna you know be in all these tournaments. You weren't you weren't gonna be sitting out. You're gonna be playing. You were feeling pretty good. And I mean, we've been looking for you, and you know to see you see you right there on the final day. You said that you definitely thought about it, but how do you how do you kind of manage those thoughts when you're actually, you know, getting ready to play the last three or four holes or even playing in, in the playoff? I'm assuming you've got to focus on the job at hand is, you know, without trying to keep that other stuff out of there a little bit.
10: You know what it, it was funny is I felt so comfortable. I felt more comfortable Sunday coming down the stretch than some days, some weeks trying to make a cut. It's like I was meant to be there. I, that. That's where I was meant to be It was in the lead and trying to win the golf tournament. And it was fun. I embraced it. My family and friends were out there supporting me and uh, I just wanted to make my family proud out there. And I, I think I did. And uh, I gave it a good shot. And you know what? It, 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 I, I was free rolling. I'm 47 years old. No one expects me to win this tournament. And you know what? I had a chance and I, and I thought I had it done. I thought I'd put post a number up there that I would get it done. But like you said, I, I couldn't control what Nick did. and Nick, Nick stepped up.
5: Charlie Hoffman, joins just PGA Tour vet, finished second in the Waste Open Management. You know, unfortunately, outside of of the leaderboard, the other story uh, at West Management was, well, excuse me, at Waste Management was the crowd. It, it seemed to be a little more raucous than normally there. It, what was your take? You know, being on the on the ground floor there.
10: You know what I on Saturday, which is traditionally the largest day out there. Is, I was only on the front nine, so I didn't get to see the back nine, where the where all the hospitality with, is and all the all the chaos is. So I I didn't experience it. That being said, it rained so much. Normally, traditionally, you can walk around on the hills and do all that stuff. You couldn't do that if you saw any video. You'd slip and fall on your butt. Mm. So everything was congested. The car paths and the walking areas, which made it somewhat hazardous to get in and out of the in and out of the venue. Uh, I think they did a great job by limiting limiting alcohol sales and limiting the patrons that came in but you know what it got to the point where it was tough it was, it was unforeseen circumstances with the weather and uh I think they handled it great I obviously got a little ruckus some players said some bad things but I think if you pull them all we embrace embrace those fans and uh we know what we're getting ourselves into when we play the WM Phoenix Open so uh you know what I I think that the tournament the tour will learn from those situations and uh will be better because of it and uh, i'm looking forward to another great great event next year uh, in phoenix
3: anybody needs a loan uh, i'm not going to say how much charlie hoffman earned for <laughs> finishing second yesterday but it was a lot of money
6: <laughs> so congratulations
3: for that charlie and you know beating out scheffler beating out spieth beating out all these named guys i mean again you know you're kind of playing a little bit with house money and to see you right up there, I mean, it just I feel really proud of you. And you said, you know, your family was proud of you and you're proud of you. I mean, this is a great thing for you. I, I don't know that it's, you know, the all-timer, but to, to get this at 47, not a lot of guys get this chance.
10: Yeah, you know what, Phil won a major at 50. Obviously, he's some, someone I looked up to. I mean, he's playing a different tour now, but, I mean, hes he's been inspirational for what I've done in my career. And, uh, you know what, if he can do it at 50, I can do it too. Uh you always want you want to always outdo those guys uh, that that you're close to, and uh, he brings he gives me a lot of inspiration. Uh, hopefully, I can I'm competing as long as as he has, and uh, hopefully, I can contend in majors t- until I'm 50 and change.
5: Charlie, one of the things I caught on the broadcast is that they were talking about you being a part of the PGA Tour Policy Board and um, how much time that took, you know, of of you, you know, your time in general. Would you say your golf game is in a better place because you have the time to actually work on it now?
10: A, a combo. Obviously, I, I it, it, well documented that I've been hurt for the last few years, yeah. which gave me a little bit more time to to focus on the policy board. But now that I was healthy, uh, definitely being able to work on my game and not be distracted by the phone calls, which I embrace, which I love being a part of. I, I would never uh, not want to be a part of that process. But you know what? I opted out. They asked me to come back and uh, do another year, and I, I said no because I wanted to focus on golf because I did truly believe I had some good years in front of me, and uh, I didn't want to be distracted with the policy board, even though they were, it's a crucial time in the, in the, for the PGA Tour and the, the future of it. But uh, I felt comfortable with who was in charge and who was leading us as, as the players, and uh, I was able to step down and step back and uh, focus on my golf game, and I'm, uh, um, I think I'm reaping the benefits now. Yeah.
3: Charlie Hoffman's with us, coming off the big day yesterday. We big weekend in Phoenix, and uh, Scravey said, this qualifies you now for the Genesis and, at Riviera?" And what's your schedule coming up, Charlie? You had to
5: cancel that ski trip. It yeah, sounds that's like that's
3: right. I heard a ski trip <laughs> yeah. took was was uh, was put on hold.
10: Yeah, my, my ski trip was put on hold. I think the family's still going to go up to Mammoth and enjoy <laughs> some snow and uh, enjoy a good time. But you know what? i got to go back to work. But you know what? I love playing golf. I don't I don't consider it work whatsoever. And it's, it's something I love to do, and I love to compete. And uh, obviously, playing in Tiger's event and uh, playing against the best in the world in a signature event is uh, what I try to do each and every year. And hopefully, I can uh, make the home, home California fans uh, inspired this week and uh, obviously contend again.
5: Well, Charlie, you certainly have inspired all of us this past week, and we certainly will be behind you once again when the the genesis does take place. Congratulations on a good finish. Wish you could have won. We'll do it again soon. Thanks for coming on.
10: Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me anytime. We'll talk again.
5: Thanks, Charlie. Charlie Hoffman. Man, that That was awesome. That
3: was awesome. That was awesome. Too bad, in a lot of ways, it happened on the day of the Super Bowl. I think a lot of people kind of missed it, but, man, for him to come that close and to to actually have it there – Nick Taylor pulled it out with three birdies on the last four As holes. As he
5: said, we said she said three or four under there and yeah, yeah, the last. It was crazy, and, and then
3: and then they both birdied the first playoff hole. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was like Charlie was, you know, giving way. Yeah, I mean, no. he birdied and the guy matched him. I, I was and then the last hole. I guess Charlie came up a little short. He did, he and did. Nick Taylor birdied that one. So yeah, it that's wasn't how like Charlie won. had a bad second playoff no. hole at all.
4: I think he par- ended up parring it. And yeah. So, but like I was, I was thinking about this. About my golf game. Like, I wish I was there and say, you know what? I get three birdies. I'm going to be in the playoff and then go out there and get three birdies. I don't understand how these guys
3: do it. I don't know how they do it. It's crazy. I don't know. Minus 21. Like I said, save a birdie for the rest of us. That's a lot of birdies. (laughs)
4: What is it in Willy Wonka? Save some room for later.
3: For later. What a game. What a day for Charlie Hoffman. I don't remember that line. I I didn't say it was
4: Augustus Gloop. Yeah, I don't remember that either. I'm trying to move past that. Okay. All right.
3: I didn't want to say how much Charlie won and embarrass him, but you're about to tell us anyway. million bucks. Oh, man, that's nice. Second place finish. Second place finish, not bad. Not shabby at all. Not at all.
2: Very not good. Not at
3: all. All right, so he gets in the Genesis. What's his... I didn't ask him the whole schedule. Does he get the Masters or no? Not uh, with a second place. First place, he would have been in yeah, there, right? Yeah, I
4: don't think... Yeah, first place, you get free exemption into a lot. Um, yeah. But I don't know that he gets Masters. I think if he places high... he What he did get was a lot of FedEx Cup points, and those are worth spots, too. So he could place in the top 25 a couple more times a season and maybe qualify for the field. But this, this definitely helped him a ton. Oh, yeah.
3: I mean, 47. He's playing for all of us out there is the way I look at it. I know there's a lot of you young people who listen to the show, but... His driver, a lot of us old guys out here, we we're proud of guys like Charlie. His driver yesterday was was so good. Like he would just stand
4: up there and he would just swing he easy, was just whacking and he that bad boy, crush it down the fairway. Yeah, he played really well yesterday. Uh, it was like
3: three hundred to one odds or something to win it. Amazing. Should have made a bet.
4: So well, you have would have bad. lost. Uh, unfortunately. True, That's
6: true. A, <laughs> you would not have won.
4: <laughs> we got a few minutes. It
5: probably uh, behooves us to to finally talk a little bit about the Aztecs. Oh, Losing yes. that game over yeah. the weekend. Yeah, it was, watch that game
3: Friday night. Ah. Yeah, overtime. You know what? I don't think. Yeah, they didn't execute the way they would they normally they did down the they stretch. Didn't. They, didn't they didn't get didn't. good shots. You know, I mean, Tremel was trying to make it happen. But uh, Nevada played pretty good defense. Didn't really give them anything. They had a chance to win on the you know the, I think the second to last possession of a regulation, the last possession of regulation. Of course, Nevada tied the game on a really I hate to say lucky play. I mean the Essex knocked the ball away, and bounced off a foot, right to the guy who lays it in, and then if he didn't make he missed the free thrower, they would have won. It was just a, right it, there, but it just the Aztecs didn't get the good shots they normally get you know down the stretch it, didn't it was play a, it, great. it
5: was a struggle for both teams in that first half this, it was no one could really no, make anything the score anything. was like 15 yeah, to 10 or it was, something it was it was not great basketball the first half and yeah. it's been a while since i've i've said that about a, an aztec game but uh they didn't they certainly didn't play their best and as we talked about a little earlier wasn't good for uh, the Mountain West in general for the top 25. Everybody Every fell out. They got
3: wiped out of the rankings. Yeah. Now none of them are ranked. And there, it's still a possibility for six of them to go to the NCAA tournament, which is crazy. Because on one side, you're telling me this is one of the best conferences in, in 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 the sport. On the other side, you're telling me none of them are good enough to be ranked. Best conferences in sport, but not, they're not good, enough to, the good enough to be in the top 25. None of them are good enough to be in the top 25. It's weird... You know, when Ziegler was on, he said he doesn't know that any of these teams, they're going to all get in the tournament. He doesn't know how many of them can win in the tournament. I don't know. I think they're pretty good teams. Nevada looked good. That Blackshear's a really good player. Uh, he's a one-on-one threat. And the Aztecs just didn't get the kind of good looks that they normally get at the end of the game. So, And they'd won so many overtime games in a row. They were due to lose one. But they got to get right back to it because they got Colorado State tomorrow night. Yeah, it's not,
5: um, not going to be. It uh, doesn't get any easier. We talked about this. You got this road game, and then you got these next two home games. You got to cash these in. Let's check some traffic before we get to break.
3: From the 97 3, the Fan Traffic Center, here's Kelly Dabak.
7: Traffic is sponsored by Valvoline Instant Draft. The oil change. A fifteen-minute instant draft through oil change. Just a couple things going on here. Northbound one sixty-three near the eight. Watch out for a mattress reported in middle lanes in Spring Valley. Got a surface street accident involving several vehicles, including a motorcycle. This. Hamishaw Road, the 8700 block, just east of the 125, not showing a flames or block, but just watch up a little activity there. Faveline Instant Oil Change is your drive-through oil change. It only takes 15 minutes, and you don't have to get out of your car with all the rain lately. Faveline is also offering replacement viper blades. For directions and discounts, go to SoCalOilChange.com. SoCalOilChange.com. I'm Kelly Danik with Win and Chris, San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan.
3: By the way, uh the standings in the Mountain West Conference. Did you see that, Tony? They, they jumbled up more. They are crazy. <laughs> Utah State is eight and three, and then the next six teams all have four losses. So you wow. could conceivably the Aztecs, you know, have a couple of these games slip away here, and they could I mean you never know. I mean, Colorado State, you've got New Mexico coming in, then you go to Utah State. You could end up finishing in seventh place in this league. You know, and still getting into the NCAA tournament? That's crazy. River, you
5: wanted to call the game two games ago a must-win for the Aztecs? Yeah, and they're still (laughs) must-winning.
3: I guess that one could have been a must-win then. No, they're all (laughs) must-win. It doesn't matter if
4: you—it doesn't—yeah, it Uh, must-win. The Kirk Cousins curse
5: continues. It does. If you've lost to Kirk Cousins during the regular season— Oh, you can't win the Super Bowl? You're not allowed to win the Super Bowl. Oh, Ask the 49ers. They know. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yes, we know. <laughs> more
5: more Gwyn and Chris on the other side.
3: Away we go at 4 o'clock. Welcome back to Gwyn and Chris. Crisello, Tony Gwynn Jr., Super Bowl losing Matt Scravey. That
4: <laughs> was... Uncalled for, yes. yes. Uncalled for. Super tour. Bowl
5: loser, yes. You
4: know, I, I've been seeing the chat. There's Two been time. some people trying to get under my skin. It's not going to work. You know why? Because I enjoy my team in the Super Bowl, even if they lose. I yeah. actually believe
5: that today, because unlike every other time, people are trying to get under your skin. You usually mention it during the break. You or do. You time. normally say, "Oh yeah." <laughs> Didn't hear you say anything about not yet. it. So clearly, it's, you've been good. You've been good. You, you got big skin good. today. Yeah, and I want to thank today. whoever that's, that's whoever hacked
3: here into my Twitter account last night and said that I was supporting Scraby And yeah, was that was uh, heartfelt loss.
4: But, I thought but that again, was a little bit weird. But the blushy emoji, the yeah. emoji gave it away, Chris. The blushy emoji.
3: I was skeptical away. until I saw the blushy. Is emoji. You're is the your only one who uses that. You really are life worldwide, worldwide. worldwide, I've I've sent it to
4: maybe like a friend as a joke but yeah i think you're the only person that uses yeah. the blushy. i didn't even know
3: the blushy emoji existed until that's <laughs> that's me. my version of the smiley face so i'm sticking with it uh, you can get qualified for a grand prize right now a two-night stay at the westgate las vegas two tickets to see air supply they got a legacy spans decades air supply continuing to captivate hearts now in their 45th anniversary year The duo continues to play more than 130 shows a year worldwide. You can join us in celebrating their music and legacy May 31, June 1. That's 2024 at the Westgate International Theater. Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. Or you can uh, win a couple here today. The Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino features newly designed premier rooms, part of their $70 million room renovations, home of legendary Vegas fun. If uh, qualifying for a trip to Las Vegas isn't enough, we're also going to give you not just a qualification, you actually get these, two tickets to tomorrow night's Aztec basketball game against Colorado State. Big game at Viejas Arena. You'll get two tickets by winning today in Chris versus the Fans.
1: If you had one shot, one opportunity to take down the human almanac himself.
3: Howdy-do.
1: Now is your time. Listen to me, this guy is dangerous. Now is your opportunity to win a prize.
3: Well, I hope you know what you for. Chris versus the fans starts now on 97.3 The Fan. All right.
4: The rules. You have to make it through three questions. Each question will get more difficult. If you get the question right, you move on. If you get the question wrong and Chris gets it right, you're eliminated. But if Chris gets it wrong, then you move on to the next question or you win. Uh, We still have two lines open. So if you've never played, call right now and you can get through. Oh, they're all full. So there we go. (laughs) You won't even hear that until... Never mind. Um, If you're first time, ya Let us know before the first question. You will get that first question for free today. Also, my, my brain is back, guys. It's better than it was after I ate the Thai food last week. So
5: Yeah, you struggled after yeah. that Thai yeah. food. Yes, I did. By but the way, somebody you still took it like a champ, though. Somebody
3: you. tweeted out over the weekend. Uh oh. What is it with Scraby every time he says first time playa? Why does he think that's funny? I mean it's not. Tell him to stop. What is my he response doing? to you out there, well, because Scraby and I and you and I say playa. Yeah. My response to that person out there is we already have a hater on this show. His name is Matt Screen. <laughs> we don't need we don't another, need another uh, By the way, that's been going on for
4: Literally a long since time. we started. Oh, a really? long time. Yes. People have been complaining no, about that. No, no, no. The our actual first act time. of doing yeah. it. Yeah.
3: Yes, I know. We've done it the whole time. And I so think I'm it just, was by
4: mistake that please. Tony said it like that, yeah. and it just became that. Yeah. yeah. Please yeah. stop hating. I didn't see that one, thankfully, or else I would have said something back. Something would have spiraled. Thank God No, you I would didn't have said something back like, nice of you to tune into the show more than once every five generations. Glad you saved that one. Right, yeah, because yeah. it wasn't a good
5: comeback. <laughs> it wasn't a good one at all. All right, that's let's it. go to our first contestant, Riley. Welcome to the show. Happy Monday to you.
10: Hey, happy
5: Monday, Tony. Here we go. First right. question. <laughs> Caitlin Clark plays for what women's college basketball team? The Iowa Hawkeyes. Well, the Hawkeyes. Nice job. Nice job. Let's go to round number two, which is. I'll leave that alone. <laughs> what artist joined Usher at the halftime show yesterday to perform "Turn Down for What"?
4: Well, <laughs> John. There we go. <laughs> <Yeah! Yeah! Yeah! laughs> You know, they've been doing some good ones. They had Eminem, they had Rihanna, they had Usher. You know, good
5: stuff. I've already, like, called it. We should do Countdown on Friday, top five halftime shows. Hmm. It goes back to the 90s. I'm going go some-
3: with Up With People. You guys don't even know who that is. That's, I was that's say. what used to perform at a, halftime. I, yeah, I missed that halftime show. Well that's what say. used to perform. That was the name of the group of people that used to come out and perform before ah, they started before the cool in, halftime. Before the In Before In Living Color
5: happened and Correct. changed the whole way halftime there shows are was they were the
3: goofiest, saddest performing Troop of people you've ever seen. They were just <laughs> vanilla <laughs> and boring. That's why people were turning away. Yeah, exactly. Uh, did our contestant get this one right? Did we, yeah, yeah we're he's still good. going he's on to, on to question final. number three. Here
5: we go. Question number three Who has made the most field goals in Super Bowl history?
1: Um, Adam
6: Vinatieri.
5: Adam Vinatieri! Stay
6: there.
3: Mr. L.O. Stay Ello, there. Do you have an answer? No, I would have had that answer. Stay That's who there. I would have gone with. I don't know. He had four yesterday. How about Harrison Butker?
5: How about Harrison
3: Butker?
4: Really? Sorry. That is Surprised. the answer. Sorry, Riley. Surprised Sorry, Riley. Yeah, well, he made four he also, yesterday. He also
5: has the longest field goal in Super yes, Bowl history. Yes, your guy history. held
4: the record for about an hour, Scrape. <laughs> yeah, <he> can, <laughs> he took- my guy can make a 55-yarder or whatever, but can't make a PAT. He's uh, young. He's young, Scrape. Yeah, he's a rookie. He, he, he needs to figure it out. Jeez, calm down, man. <laughs> he was a he was a drafted kicker. By the way, did you, down, the one, did you see the
3: one? Did you see the fifty seven yard field goal? They showed the replay of it. Yeah. Two forty nine er guys had their arms up, and the ball went I right know. between them. I know. I know. I mean, they I missed it by a fraction of an inch. Yeah, he you had know. to Never go low know. in
5: order to get it that right. distance. He still had saying. some some space between it too. I know. He barely right. made it. Let's go to Nate. Welcome to the show, Nate. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? We're doing well, my man. Here we go. First question. Kyle Shanahan has been a coach in three Super Bowls. He lost two with the 49ers and one as an offensive coordinator with what team? Falcons.
3: Falcons. He said that with ease.
4: That was easy.
3: On to question number two. When it comes to blowing leads... Nobody doesn't quite like Kyle Shanahan. Well, quite
5: like Mr. Shanahan. Yeah, that's right. You that's going to be, be
3: a, that's going to be his legacy. Unfortunately, whether it's right, right or now wrong, it is. right that's now. That's what people are saying. He's going right to have to coach is.
5: a long t- coach like Andy Reid in order to
4: change it. Yeah. I, I have a feeling he's going to coach until he wins like a couple of these. He better hope
5: so. He better hope so. What game does the Kobe Bryant statue unveiled last week reflect? Game seven. <laughs>
4: uh, G- <laughs> game seven.
3: Stay there, Mr. Ello. Just in case this uh, case The forgot. 81 point game.
5: 81 pointer. Indeed. Sorry, Nate. Sorry, Nate. We'll move on to our next contestant, Jason. Welcome to the show. Come on down. How you guys doing? Good, doing well,
6: Jason.
5: good, Jason. Good, good, good. Here we go. First question Steve Young. Former 49er quarterback Is related to A historical figure
6: uh, Who
3: is Brigham, Brigham Young? <laughs> yes. yes. Young. He is He's like the great 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 grandson That's
5: him We move to question <laughs> number two <laughs> That's him <laughs> Newly signed Jerickson Profar Calls what country home
4: Carrasco.
5: Say that one more time.
4: Carrasco. I, Carrasco.
5: I'm going to give it to him. You're he giving knows him exactly.
4: He knows what... C- Curacao,
5: Carrasco, and yeah, say I... All I'm saying is you can't get on me for saying Hungary. If you, If... if we're not big playing. prize they at stake to today. Carrasco is is acceptable. Big prize well, Hungary today. Hungary was expect. acceptable. <laughs> okay. so. I'm just saying. You okay. So was Broadway it. Joe. By the way, <laughs> I, I just didn't check that one. I, <laughs> wasn't I know on that me. is true. Here we go. Question number three. There are three NFL coaches, NFL head coaches, that are 0 and four in Super Bowls. Name all three. This is a tough one. Uh, one of Marv Levy. Okay. Uh,
6: uh, the other
4: one is, and
11: that's all
3: I got,
4: Marv Levy. That's all <laughs> He said The other one is? The easy one. That's all I got.
5: Stay there. Christopher for yeah. the steal.
3: What is it? Three coaches are 0-4? Three coaches,
5: NFL coaches are 0-4 in yeah. the Super Bowl.
3: Yeah, Bud Grant's the second one.
5: Bud Grant?
3: Vikings. There's another one. There's another. Broncos lost five. Oh my goodness, really? Yeah, they're three and five. Jeez. I but I don't that. know. They've been to the Super Bowl eight times? Yeah. Wow. Uh boy. I'm I'm blanking on this last one. Shanahan's only halfway there. He's got a couple to go. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I, I, I've got uh, – who's the – God, Denver had a different – uh, Dan Reeves. No. That's all sorry, I'm saying. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're not getting
4: any – No, because I was going to get a lot of hate on the chat. That was a lot of time. The chat wins again.
3: It was Dan Reeves? It was. Really? It It was, was long. Really?
5: Yes. Okay. Took too long. Took too the long. It's a win for you, Jason. Jason, nice work, man. I know. Uh, I <laughs> excuse me. I'm
3: choked up. Choked up. Yeah. Because oh, of that's the right. Game. He coached the Falcons one time. Oh, I did. didn't yeah. know that Dan Reeves
4: was a Broncos coach. Yes, he, he, was he was originally yeah. the Broncos. Never coach. had any idea. Uh, right.
5: Hang on the line, Jason. Mr. Scraby will uh, get your info here on the other side. Speaking of uh, halftime shows, I thought the halftime show was
3: you loved it, fan. Fantastic. Really? Oh I was my was with two thumbs down by my wife. I'm sorry to hear. I don't really <laughs> I don't... <laughs> respect on such things, I am but I'm, sorry I'm going to you that. as a higher authority. I oh, just wow.
5: this is top 3. You loved it. Top 3 of all time. Top wow. 3 of
3: all time.
5: Michael Jackson in 92, uh Purple Rain literally had rain Prince. coming down with Prince and then this one.
4: Really? Up there. That's crazy. Rihanna was up there too. I left the the house for a little bit and came back, and then it was like, yeah,
6: and I was
5: like, oh, what, what am you, I missing? Brought you right back to your college. Oh, time,
3: yeah. I was it? like, man, I feel like I'm in a <laughs> club right now, and I'm getting low somewhere. What did you like about it, Tony Gwynn Jr.? Everything. Before Everything. Graphed, Just the whole thing. The, the,
5: the roller skating the, was see, good. See, part of it is that I got to experience his show in Las Vegas, and there were a lot of similarities to that show, except he didn't get to actually do the songs as long, because he only had the 13 minutes... Of uh, yes. of, no, of no commercial time But it was To me it's pretty phenomenal to get into All the malfits, To get into skates for crying out loud right. um, I like the, the The guests he had Little John he had Ludacris he had Alicia Keys Who was the guy in the uh, Short shorts That was Jermaine Dupree What <laughs> yes.
4: I thought well, that did, was uh, The it. joke is I thought that was CeeLo Green It <laughs> could have passed at CeeLo Green
5: People had a lot to say about Jermaine Dupri. Yes, outfit. they did. Yes, yes, <laughs> they did. But uh, yeah, I was I, I enjoyed that halftime show a lot, a lot. All right, it's up there.
3: High marks for Usher. From High marks. Try to, I'm trying to read some reviews, but I'm not really seeing any. So.
5: I mean, all the things I saw this morning, everybody was, was pretty was thumbs up. Was thumbs up.
3: Okay.
5: Uh, all right, let's get to break. We got some more Gwyn and Chris coming your way. When we come back, what shall we talk about, gentlemen?
3: I don't know, but I should probably be the one to show us throw us to. I should be the one that has to come up with that. Oh, okay, mm. sorry, because mm. I believe it's my turn. It is indeed. We have plenty no. of screen no, training audio.
4: We have we have lots going on.
3: Yeah, big five later on.
4: Big five. Really, yeah. a lot of stuff. All right. <laughs> All right, well, let's find out which
3: we'll we'll determine. We'll huddle up here Great. in the break. A lot of stuff, huh? And uh, we'll see what we come up with next on Gwen and Chris after traffic. Training action underway out in Peoria.
5: Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Sale,o Matt Scraby, Padres starting to file in. I saw Jake Cronenworth had his first day of camp today. He's a little early. Uh, position players have a few more days, I believe, before they have to report. Uh, but they'll start trickling in here, I'm sure. Not most of the position players will. My guess is will be there before. What do you
3: do if you uh, trickle deadline. in a few days early? You just go out and work out. As if it's a normal thing? Or, I mean, do they have actual practices scheduled? They have workouts Workout yeah, scheduled, but they okay. don't
5: necessarily have anything for the position players, right? So you're on your own schedule. You can go to somebody there to, to kind of hit you some grounders if you need or some flyers if you want it. Okay. It's all optional right now. Yes. So, uh, But you like to get in there a little bit earlier.
4: I saw Manny taking some soft grounders today.
5: Manny looked like uh, he's been there for more than a couple days, I think.
4: Has he been, like, rehabbing or something?
5: I'm assuming so. Um, Certainly, he's at that point in his rehab where he's trying to get himself using this, what, about a month and a half before, a little less than that probably, before the season kicks off. And he's trying to be at least as close as he can to at least DH for a little bit. So I assume he's probably getting some work in uh, from that standpoint.
3: Good weekend for your Lakers. It they was. pulled off a nice win over New Orleans, I believe, they Friday bounce, night.
5: bounced back after a tough one to uh, Stupid Nuggets.
3: Got beat by the Nugs. I heard uh, Tim Lugler, who I, I don't know what this. He you knows everything about the NBA. He kind of sounds like he does. I but like legs. You're not going to like this. Well, I know how he feels about the Lakers. No, he said he, they have no shot this year. That's what he said. Yeah, he said they have no shot. He goes, last year was uh, just they took a rant. You know, the right circumstances played out. They beat up on some teams that weren't ready to be in the playoffs. He said, there's no way the Lakers are making another run like they made last year.
5: I, I think he's going to end up wrong on this. I do. I didn't say, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think he's going to end up wrong. I think the Lakers. Outside I think they are going to make a run. Outside of that Denver game, they've played pretty good basketball over the last five, six games. And if they that is a trend that's going to continue, and that's the thing. They tend to get at five hundred, then they lose a couple, they work their way back up. They're two games over five hundred. They're about to play a soft spot in their schedule. They got Detroit up next, who's I believe eight and forty four something along that's those lines.
3: Exactly right, Tony. Very good. And
5: so uh I think they have a I think they can go on a run. We'll see Certainly, it hasn't been unlike last year because Anthony Davis and LeBron James have been hurt or missed time. They've missed, I think, the fewest amount of games they've ever missed since joining the squad together. And they've been brilliant in the time. It's been the other pieces that um, they haven't uh, done much.
3: Haven't stepped up consistently. Now, they
5: signed uh, Spencer Dimwitty, uh, who was bought. I think he was cut after he was traded. And they signed uh, another L.A. guy back home. So we'll see how that goes. They get another guard to to help out and things.
3: Legler's point is that they can't beat veteran teams like the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Suns, etc. in a playoff series. I don't know that he's right. We'll see. He's he's
5: certainly right about Denver. Denver (laughs) seems to have their number right now. No matter how well the Lakers play, (sighs) Denver seems to figure out a way to beat. Now, Lakers have beat... The Clippers two out of three this year. They've beaten the Suns, I believe, a couple times. Yeah. They've beaten the top teams in the West, both the the Timberwolves and the uh yeah. Thunder. But in a seven game series, remember it's a little different. You're 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 matched up against these teams where they can
3: And you're getting the Lakers in a seven playoff series where LeBron James is Uber focused. And that <laughs> it, is a pretty hard a, thing to
5: beat. It's a different ball game.
3: Yeah. I don't know where Legler I, I can see Legler saying I don't think the Lakers are gonna make a run, but he is pretty categorically just counting them out. And that seems to be a mistake. Just based on what I've seen from this LBJ guy who's not bad. <laughs>
5: no. He's not bad at all. No. So we'll see. Um, where else we got? Uh, UCLA hired a new head coach today. Uh, UCLA football, football. yes. What
3: about Chip Kelly? Chip this guy's cray, cray.
5: I saw. Uh. Um. Or who was it? Plasky. I saw him. Uh, right. He wrote an article about. Um, was it uh, Chip
3: Kelly? No, it was not supportive <laughs> I didn't at think all. So. I do not think it would be. <laughs> I didn't think it would be. I think he called him selfish, basically. i got to believe the the UCLA people now think of Chip Kelly the way the holiday poll people here think of Chip Kelly. Kind of funny how that works. Walks out in a head coaching job to take an offensive coordinator job elsewhere. Yeah. Kirk Kenny so, made some good points in my text messages. What's this? Kirk
4: Kenny yeah, made Kirk some good was, points. Kirk
5: was uh was, was the, the the Chip Kelly defender on Friday. He was oh, defending I, him, he huh? was.
4: I don't think he was defending he him, was but defending let me find it real quick well, because the... he said um Chip Kelly got out of Westwood before he was kicked out. As a coordinator, he doesn't have to deal with headaches that come as a uh, head coach. He also said they're going to get crushed in the NIL-UCLA when they move to the Big Ten. So there's financial considerations, too. Like, they're not going to be able to compete Do, with the Ohio State. Is
5: UCLA now going to just become uh, a school that is... Just going to be academic,
3: fodder? Like, academic like school? Like, is UCLA going to go into the Big Ten and just get squashed? That's
5: what he, That's what it sounds
3: like. Interesting.
5: It's yeah. hard to it's hard to envision a UCLA program. I can program. see them taking
3: a year or two to get their feet wet in the Big Ten, but can't see UCLA just getting crushed. We just, we'll see. He just got know, about Chip Kelly it. just doesn't. He see, seems, seems like he's got about did, as much honor as my sleeve, <laughs> which I don't know how much honor my sleeve has, but it was the first thing that came to mind. Did you did you
5: see the weirdness on NFL uh, countdown? Like you know, as they get ready for the game. No, uh, you didn't, didn't see this. No, no, no. So, uh, oh my man, what's my man who breaks the the news on on the NFL? The oh, Schefter. Schefter. Uh, he breaks that Zimmerman, or excuse me, Zimmer is going to get the defensive coordinator job for the Cowboys. Right. Only um, the coach on the, on the show. You coach the Rex Jets, Ryan? Rex Ryan. Oh, he was Rex Ryan. Oh, did he find out? Well, hold up, Rex Ryan is like. They flip, flip back to the panel, and Rex Ryan right goes, I'm not sure that that job is 100% done with. And he basically went into the fact that you he know, was he in, was, the, running he's for in the running for it. Uh oh. And so then a story came out earlier today that Zimmer wasn't indeed yet had the job. He didn't yet had the job.
3: So Adam Schefter was jumping the gun. And he
5: was, but then as I got to work, Cowboys ended up hiring Zimmer as their defensive quarter coordinator after the uncertainty. I That's mean, Rex awkward. Ryan.
3: Re- what is keeping Rex Ryan out? Is it? I mean, he, he said. He, I mean, is he being too honest as a studio guy to get hired again? Because he was a very successful coach. His I, Jets went to the championship. Two it years sounds in like row.
5: Rex is what's keeping him out in terms of he wants. He only wants to get back in under the perfect uh, okay. circumstances. Right. Cowboys, at least in his mind. Was one of those circumstances? Yeah. It sounds like he lost I don't out know on why that they job. I, I would choose him because he was a great defensive coordinator. Really great good. defensive coordinator. I mean, coordinator.
3: look, you're in two AFC championship games in a row with Mark Sanchez. That's yeah. because and your that's defense with, was and, really good. And that's with him doing double duty. That's not him just focused on the yes. defense. He's a head coach at that point. I, I would take Rex Ryan, but yeah. I, I to me. He's been so honest as an NFL studio analyst he's been very honest. that he's rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. I'm sure I'm sure he has. He is uh you know so I mean, he is what a bull in a china he, shop. He's doing and that's I think it's kind of costing him.
5: Yeah. If he sure. wants
3: to get back in.
5: No doubt. All right, let's get to break. Scraby's got a big five. Andy Reid. Is he the GOAT? We'll discuss on the other side. Morgan and Chris. <laughs>
3: Chris, where we're celebrating the Chiefs' victory over the 49ers yesterday. It's a celebration. In the Super Bowl, parties going on. Uh, Well, not everywhere. Two-thirds of the uh, YouTube viewing chat. We're celebrating the Chiefs' first seven possessions yesterday kicked one field goal. That's it. Last six possessions, three field goals, two touchdowns. And the only drive they got stopped on, the 49ers fumbled the punt. and well, they suddenly, really fumbled the punt. But all right, yes, you know what I mean. It Officially they called gave They gave it fumbled. up. They, they turned did. it over. Turned they it did. over. They did. Uh, Andy Reid has got to get some of that credit for yes. making the adjustments that great coaches make. I mean, there was a couple of times during that game yesterday where I thought, you know what? If Patrick Mahomes wins this one, it's going to really be something because they, they couldn't move. For a whole two and a half quarters, nothing, interceptions, fumbles, and then all of a sudden they found the uh, they found the key to uh, what worked, and maybe Greenlaw going out had something to do with that. But Greenlaw went out in the first half, and after he went out, the Chiefs still didn't do anything for quite a while. It was
5: it, to me, it was the the patience to stay with the run. Cause it it loosened up the 49ers just enough right Pacheco did just enough to loosen them up and to start finding little cracks in in that zone slash man that they were running and you know when you it, it also helps as we said a number of times a day when you have number 15 on your team doesn't hurt nope
3: And uh, while Kyle Shanahan has to deal with the fact that he blew a 10-point lead and three three three-point leads in the fourth quarter, Andy Reid goes on to goatness. Or does he? Let's find out. After traffic, we'll get into today's Big Five.
0: As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier.
2: And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tecovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tecovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tecovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com, and point your toes west.
1: It's that time of year. Cash the Ticket, Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's that time of the show when we check on the latest in sports. Only the most important topics and questions are brought to light. Stop what you're doing! listen these new stories will astound and amaze you the one the only oh my god who the hell cares the big five
3: starts now on 97.3 the fan
4: Inside the Green Room with Danny Green is a podcast that takes you beyond the scoreboard. Join three time NBA champion Danny Green for insight on the association that you won't hear anywhere else. Plus, get behind the scenes access to what life is like in the NBA. Follow Inside the Green Room with Danny Green in the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Danny Green, good player? Still? Pretty good. All right.
3: Still? I don't think. Is he still playing? I don't think,
4: I don't he's, think playing he's playing. Right now. It oh. makes it
3: sound like he's. Okay. Whoa. Good
4: shooter. Yeah, I dropped him in fantasy basketball one year, and I was made fun of because I overestimated how good I thought he was. So there you go. There you go. Number five. Do those people know you are a two-time fantasy champion? Uh, not Well, at the time, I was not a fantasy <laughs> champion. So I could not claim that whatsoever. All right. Uh, we are going to start talking about the there it is i'm just making sure i got my right audio but here it is mike schilt the padres manager was asked a lot of questions yesterday and one of them was about the possibility of newly acquired wusak go
9: being the team's closer here is what mike schilt said about that uh listen you know i mean he's gonna get an opportunity it's hard to evaluate that because we haven't seen him outside of video um or or you know game tape but um, yeah, I mean, listen, we're going to go into spring training as a competition, and um, I can't rule it out, but it's hard to really um, give a detailed answer without really seeing him compete. Any expectations of him? Yeah, I expect him to come in. Again, we want to acclimate him, but like all of our guys, come in, um, throw strikes, compete, uh, and you know, be able to do all the little things that it takes to win games, field your position, hold runners. Um, but you know, this guy, similar to Matsui, he's got. High leverage um, experience, and that that um, that's hard
4: to that's hard to mimic. So we're excited about so that. that's what Mike Schilt said about Go, Now I'm going to ask you guys a way too early question. And Chris, you're up first. Way too early prediction. Who has the most Padres saves at the end of the season? Robert
3: Suarez. Okay. Gets the job, keeps the job. Okay. Uh, Matsui gets several because there's left-handed type situations for him. Go picks up a couple here and there when uh, guys are down for the day. All right. Tony, who has the most Padre saves
4: at the end of the season? Mr. Suarez has the uh,
5: the lead in saves. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be close.
4: Oh, okay. Not even close, he says. I like mean, once once you settle on a guy,
5: I mean, the only time the other guys get an opportunity is when he's down or hurt. Now... We do know that Mr. Suarez has not pitched a full season yet for the Padres. So it's not as though being hurt is out of the question. We certainly don't hope that. But, you know, it's certainly something the Padres have to prepare for. And I think they have with the, you know, crazy amount of relievers they have in the bullpen.
4: I uh, see you in the chat, EST3. I like it when people say, man, I, I should have bet so much more money on the Chiefs because I knew they were going to win. You knew it. Yeah. You should have bet that yeah, money. Yeah. Me and Chris knew it, at least. You should have no, bet yeah. that money then. Uh, yeah, everybody EST3. Had the,
3: everybody had that game completely figured out. Yes. We knew the Chiefs were going to win knew all it. the way until that last play of the game when they actually did. Please. Man, that script is good. Number 4. It's a good one. Let's
4: okay, not so let's talk about the football game, not really the game, but the legacies that are going to come after these games. Let's say Andy Reid continues his path of winning Super Bowls and gets to the level of Bill Belichick. Belichick is kind of a rough around the edges guy, but it seems like Andy Reid is a lovable guy. Seems like he has a better disposition. Tony, could Andy Reid be the more remembered GOAT coach because he's more likable?
5: I mean, and it certainly helps. Um, I don't know. If Bill Belichick is hated, though. I just think he's not cozy. If like, you
4: were to give people options of having a beer with Andy Reid and having a beer with Bill Belichick, you are having a beer know. with Andy Reid.
6: I think,
5: I think there would be some people who would definitely have. I wouldn't mind hanging with,
3: with Bill Bill Belichick. Belichick a little bit. I mean, if I go with Andy Reid, he's going to eat all the foods. Oh, <laughs> that wow. frustrates me. Belichick share the uh, sliders. Chick- Cheeseburger slide. Have you seen those Andy Reid commercials? He's walking yes, his fingers he does. across, stealing he does. all of Patrick Mahomes' <laughs> food. He, you're right. He does make fun of his,
4: himself. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong there. Yeah. Um,
5: I I see your point though. Um, in terms of Andy being a more lovable, more likable coach. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's just his personality is a lot different. But I think Bill Belichick would still be pretty fun to have a beer with. He just you're not going at that point. He'll be loose to you asking like regular questions. He just has that stance with the media because he knows what's coming. Yeah, I
4: guess I'm I'm mixing up his media life yeah, with his I, real life. I just
5: think if you if if we had a, if all three of us had a beer with, well, if I had a beer with Bill Belichick, because almost had a beer last you two night. Don't no, I'm drink. just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I think he would be an interesting
4: person to have a beer with for sure. I mean, yeah, he would definitely be interesting. But if you're asking me to pick, yeah, I probably would pick Andy Reid though. Chris. Could Andy yes. Reid be the more remembered goat coach
3: because he's more likable? Uh, he could be, but I don't think he will be. I think Belichick's going to be the goat. I just think he kind of is the standard. I, You know, Andy Reid's going to be second to come along. That's true. It's interesting with Andy Reid, too. First 18 years as a coach, one NFC championship. End of story. Last five, two Super Bowls, two AFC championships. The whole narrative is... Completely changed. Wait, has he been a About head coach for eight? For well, 20? he started in 1999. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I think he missed a year or two here. Not too many. No, it looks like he coached every year. So No, I mean head coach. Was
5: he the head coach for 20? I think so. I, I think started with Philadelphia be, yeah. in 1999. I don't think
3: he took a step back when he left the Eagles. Yeah, right on through. Yeah, I don't see him having any years. On- anyway, but, I mean, he had three straight NFC Championship game losses. Then he lost the Super Bowl. Andy Reid was Kyle Shanahan before Kyle Shanahan. What was so. Bill
5: Belichick's run start?
3: Belichick, two thousand ish. Belichick had a couple of you know. Yeah, well, he started again with Cleveland. Oh, you mean his overall head coach? That's what we're talking about, right? Let me Is, see. Let me see.
5: He won his first after how many seasons
3: yeah. as a coach? Not that many. Uh, six looks like. Okay. But five of those were with Cleveland, and only one winning season in his first five years with Cleveland. And then uh, one losing season in New England before he all of a sudden became Super Bowl champion.
4: Man, just w- looking at his little grid over here, it just has like first AFC East, first AFC East, first AFC just like through the entire thing. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty aware of that.
3: <laughs> my club was not. My, the, the Dolphins' ledger says not first in the AFC East, not first. A lot AFCs, of people, you know, this, and this is where the
5: the 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 claim of a bad AFC East comes in.
4: Yes, o- often. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, that, is that argument is terrible. So
3: bad, so bad. Yeah, we were, we saw. I uh,
4: just want everybody to remember Andy Reid was at one point got his career started with the Forty ers So there you go. Number three. Now oh, he's beating the Forty ers Per
5: usual, he has Bowl. gone on to better, bigger, and better things. Including beating the 49ers. They're actually well, great Hall of
3: Fame coaches who did not have roots with the 49ers. I don't so know about that. Possible. I'm yeah. not sure about that. Definitely Pretty possible. Sure about
6: that.
4: Now, John Rahm is playing golf with Liv, and he is still trying to get used to that Live way of life, which includes lots of booze on the golf course and lots of noise. If you haven't watched these before, uh, there's a lot of loud music and there's a lot of crowd noise. So over the weekend, John Rahm in Las Vegas had to ask the crowd many times throughout the round to calm down for his swing. And he did sound pretty frustrated. He actually ter- told people to turn on their phones on silent at one point. Um, so, Chris, do you think Liv will ultimately change their quote-unquote loud golf style because golfers don't like it?
3: I don't know. It sounds like John Rom doesn't like it.
4: Does I, all the golfers not like it? I've, I've read some other others saying it's a little much, but they don't have the a ability to say the really forest. something.
3: Do we hear it? I mean, I I don't know that does anybody even know that Liv is, has that rule? I
5: didn't until today.
3: Me neither. I I don't know. Liv fans might. I if mean, Charlie brought- Hoffman said it pretty well with us earlier. I and mean, he played in Phoenix this weekend where people were going crazy. And he said, "Look, I mean, we we got to love the fans. We got to figure out a, you know, best way to deal with that. I think Liv will figure that out. They'll find a happy medium." Because I what, what so, because what I mean you got to keep it down somewhat right you can't be screaming and go hollering and going well, these crazy people were, when these guys are in their backswing yeah these
4: people were right there around the tee box talking taking pictures playing stuff on yeah. their phones and and I'm not saying it's right or wrong
3: but I I'm I'm gonna say it's right or wrong I find it hard to believe that professional golfers I mean guys that of this caliber and quality can't shake off just a tiny the tiniest bit of noise I and hit you. a shot I agree with you. I mean, remember I was joking that day when I was at Mission Bay and some guy honked his horn yeah. as I was in my back swing. Yeah, it was I mean, me. Remember, it was you, right? But that's me. I still hit the ball. I mean, I figured John Rom could still Did you hit it, it was, straight, though. I don't. I never hit it straight. So <laughs> well, why would that matter? So there's a difference, I yeah. think. There. I, I don't know. I'm just as long as people aren't going crazy, I think these golfers should be able to shake a little some of this off.
2: That's
3: what just you, my own opinion?
4: What do you which think, is probably Tony? Do you not think
3: shared by golfers? Liv will ultimately change their loud golf style
4: because they don't like it.
5: No, Liv is like, bro. We gave you six hundred million to come over here. We're, yep. gonna, we're gonna need you just to strap in and get through <laughs> this. With get it. through this <laughs> round, man. Strap in. I'm just saying. We we gave you six hundred, so. You $600 know,
3: million. Dollars.
5: Maybe you should have took it to look at the rules before you signed that track for $600 uh,
3: Give every single person a million dollars, and you'll have plenty left over, and I'm sure they'll be quiet.
5: Yeah, no, I, I think he's just going to have to wear it.
4: There are certain parts of that broadcast that I did like because I watched it on Saturday for like an hour, and it, the, the one part I can't wrap my head around, even though it's not that big of a deal, is that they all play and start at the same time on a different hole. And so it's not like there's tea times to wait for, and the leaders are the ones that go off last. So it's kind of it switches up the score a lot, and it's a little hard to follow. But I won't say it's awful. You're
3: anti live.
4: I mean, I'm not kind of anti live. I'm, I'm no right one now. right now because it's like you're a free agent. Yeah, yeah, free agent. I'll watch the Masters. I'll watch the U.S. Open. The I Open. Don't, Championship. I don't know how to
5: feel honestly about who I need to like more. I can't find Live so that's the first problem. Like I don't I can't See, find he's on it on channel 9. I don't here.
3: even know when they have events. I know nothing that, about Live. That is that's another the, thing that's a problem. That's the problem.
5: Like I would probably watch it if I knew w- where, where it to find it and, and, yeah. and when it was.
4: Yeah. All right. Number 2 the uh, Mets first baseman Pete Alonso is set to hit free agency after this season, unless he and the Mets agree to a contract extension. Many have assumed an extension would get done given the deep pockets of Mets owner, Steve Cohen and how Alonso himself has publicly seemed pretty open to signing an extension, but New York Mets president of baseball operations, David Stearns, however, didn't appear to be optimistic about a possible extension today. He said, quote, um, uh, about him hitting free agency. Sorry. "Quote: I think that's probably the most likely outcome. So it looks like Pete Alonso is going to be headed to free agency. I think he's a Boris guy, so we'll have to deal with that next next uh, off season. But Tony, where could you see Pete Alonso fitting around baseball? Tampa. Hmm. Didn't even think
5: Miami. Tampa. I mean, he's a Florida guy. Right? Ah. So I'm gonna start there. I can see him as a Cub. Um, I mean, the thing is, when you hit fifty home runs, you can pretty much go, you can fit anywhere.
4: But his personality is—it's a little different. It's interesting, awkward. Very meat, <laughs> awkward very Christmas. meatheadish. It seems like sometimes. Him and Bryson DeChambeau, I bet, are <laughs> best friends. Um, Speaking of live, we haven't talked about that guy in forever.
3: He went to live exactly. Anyway,
4: um, I can see. I mean, he's—he's
5: he's a good good ball player. I can see him fitting really anywhere.
3: Chris, what do you think?
6: Get yeah, I mean job.
3: anywhere anywhere but a you know team that has a you know multi million dollar first baseman already, yeah. Freddie Freeman comes to I mean you're not gonna so go not there. Dod-
5: no Dodger. Yeah, but no I Braves. Mean, no Braves. Braves are
3: taken. I think the Padres doesn't I don't think he'd want to come here. I don't know that I want him. He, he's a little bit of a kook. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he would come here anyway, honestly. Seems like an East Coast guy, so I'm going to stay on the East Coast with him. Alright. Anyway, number number one. one. The
4: final one. After Doc Rivers departed, the broadcasting desk to return to the sidelines as head coach of the Bucks. ESPN reportedly has found his replacement for announcing. According to Andrew Marchand of The Athletic, J.J. Redick will join Mike Breen and Doris Burke on ABC ESPN's NBA Finals broadcast team. This uh, J.J. Reddick's a 15-year NBA veteran. He began his podcast, The Old Man in the Three, while he was still Good playing. Podcast. And then he joined ESPN upon his retirement in September 2021. He began as an analyst on shows like First Take and then quickly went into calling NBA games. Chris, is J.J. Reddick the next big former player, now ba- broadcasting star?
3: He might be, but he better be careful because the last person who was that is Tony Romo. And it seems like all that guy does now is take grief. That's true. That's I don't really get it because I thought Romo
4: yeah. was really good yesterday. What do you think, Tony? About JJ Reddick? Is he the next big former player now, bra- broadcasting star? I don't.
5: I don't think so yet. Hmm. I, don't, I don't see it. We'll I mean, he, back. he's a, he's a really good broadcaster. I just don't see him. I take that back. I see him as the next stars. I just don't think he's there yet. Yeah. yeah. And he's about to move into that role because Doc Rivers has moved on to to be. So it was coach. a necessity they replaced. So they, they put were. Him there. So I, I. don't think he's necessarily ready yet, but I think he eventually he will be that. All right, that star.
4: He's got some pipes too. He does. He's got a very deep. He's voice. got. He's got
5: pipes, and he's got the kind of dry sense of humor. He does. That really fits well into that spot.
4: Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, that's it for the big five. We're gonna be heading to break here in just a second. Happy hour. Yeah. Can't wait. Time for you to be happy finally, Scrabby. I've been it's good it off. I think I've taken a little bit of the thunder of making fun of me because I'm handling it okay. But you guys still have an hour to get me angry. so We'll see what we can do. We'll also talk Padre as we have some more spring training audio to bring everybody. That's next. 97.3 The Fan.
5: We have made our way to the happy hour.
4: Tony Gwynn Jr.,
5: Chris Sello, Matt Scraby, talking Super Bowl, talking Padres, because that is now front and center. No more football. Basketball coming up here on the halfway point, or a little bit beyond the halfway point is the all-star break.
3: One thing we, uh, One thing we haven't kicked around yet about the Super Bowl, commercials. Does anybody care about this anymore? It feels like we're becoming less
5: and less, we care More less and less. More desensitized? Yeah.
3: There were
4: not there very were, many there good weren't very good, good Nothing the, you the liked? Duncan,
5: the Duncan uh, commercial yeah, was pretty good. that was hilarious.
4: Good. When Matt Damon was like, man, you're really hard to be friends with. Uh,
5: that was the Arnold Schwarzenegger. That was good. Uh, what was that? Uh, State Farm. He kept saying, neighbor. <laughs>
4: neighbor. <laughs> no, it's neighbor. Neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny
3: he got the choppa
5: line in there yes
3: yes get to the choppa
5: anything with beyonce for me as is, is you're uh, pleased with that that's a good one as well beyonce after I that didn't
3: get, I didn't understand beyonce the rise she was of going well, into space
5: she was releasing two a new songs album. yeah but I didn't get it and then she released a, a has a upcoming album With the commercial this was particular
3: really about. countdown I'm looking at says the best one was it's Gotta be dug it was Shannon sharp working with Martin Lawrence I don't didn't see that one. For Oikos. One. Huh? O-I-K-O-S. Oh, yogurt. Hysterical ad. I don't remember this. Martin Lawrence walks into a pond and carries out a golf cart that they had apparently crashed on the. What game was this on? I did How not see this. How did I completely this. miss I... this? We all missed this. Yeah, I didn't see that what? one at all. But missed yeah, it.
4: to answer your question, Chris, I think... I think, I think in general, general
3: the commercials are kind of faded. The have.
4: problem is is there's no secret to the commercials anymore because all of them are, are released exactly. before the game. We used oh, to have to
5: wait point.
3: before.
5: Yeah. We had to wait to the game. That's we had to true. watch Everyone, all the game.
3: My wife's favorite line yesterday was, watch this one. What do you think I'm doing? <laughs> watch <I'm> this <sitting laughs> one. <Here swimming. are. laughs>
4: I actually don't really remember many commercials, to be honest. Yeah. All right. Oh, someone said Michael Sarah's commercial was a uh, great. Not good. Christopher Walken commercial was hilarious.
3: That one was good. That one everybody. Was like trying to be Walken, fun. My wife asked me. She didn't get that one. She's like, Are they trying to make fun of him? I said, yes, yes, they are. That was good. I All right, like we that got to vote for, for the Jesus
4: commercials, but I think they're kind of yeah. being backhanded. I don't know though. Wait it,
5: wait we that costs be a, a lot backhanded of, how would they be a backhanded
4: because it says we got some solid Jesus commercials
3: <laughs> they, they were solid they just they had spent a lot of money for them but it was got
5: the point got the message
3: Dan yeah, Marino that, that Dan Marino was busy oh, Dan yes. Marino Oh Dan Marino was busy he was in like two or three seemed like he was Trying to sell uh, Michelob Light and a couple M&M's. Of other item. M and M's was a yeah. I think it was the right. other one. Yeah, yeah there's a chance the... I missed some that I that I just didn't see. But we all missed that one with Shannon Sharp and Martin Lawrence. The problem was the first, I, the first that was ranked number one that, here, and I didn't even see
5: it. It had to be in the first quarter because that was the only quarter I let my kids convince me to watch. The first quarter of Nickelodeon.
4: Oh, how did you like so, that? It wasn't bad. Yeah. It wasn't bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad It was a little all.
5: change up, but I didn't get any of the commercials for the first quarter. So it probably mm, happened in that time.
4: That's a it. good point. I didn't think about it like that. Uh, the Nickelodeon broadcast
5: you, is a you good br- idea. You bring up such a good point about the commercials in general. There is no anticipation anymore. We know the commercials coming out. and By the way, it's a commercial. So if you show it to us, what is the need for us to see it again at that point? You know, it's not like it's a, a show or yeah. a movie. No it's one's sitting around their TV right waiting for, for it
4: anymore.
3: Yeah. I, I honestly am looking at this rundown, and I missed a, I missed a ton of them because I, I'm not recognizing hardly any of these ads. It seemed like they played them in a different game. I thought I was sitting there watching it. Yeah, I don't remember that either. Um, uh-huh. The
4: Oreo commercial wasn't bad. We got one from Jake. The Oreo commercial. I think I remember that one. If I, if we don't remember, I guess it wasn't, it wasn't memorable. Good. <laughs> but I, I'm not saying it wasn't funny, because some of those were like laugh funny and then move on. Post Malone, Bud Light is one of them. Um, I vaguely remember that one. My kids love the Nickelodeon broadcasts. I guess Quentin Tarantino made the Jesus commercials. I don't know if that's true. I'm what, ha- what was the deal Jesus. with
3: Rob Gronkowski? He tried a field goal before oh, the game and yes, he missed it? Oh, yes, that was the
4: second time he's done that. It's like what was for that a all about? Of, it's for a bunch of money, and if he makes it, like... But he didn't make it. No, He no. missed, like, a 20-yard field goal. I think he's <laughs> not supposed to make Rob. it. I, I think, you think that, he's not supposed to make it? Yeah, I'm not sure, though. Because like, didn't it seem like that was pre-taped to you guys?
5: I mean, even if it was pre-taped, he still missed it. I mean, I mean, I don't think they're like. I don't
3: know that it was pre-taped. I mean, the, the, there was a lot of anticipation for that kick, but he looked like an idiot dressed up in that <laughs> football outfit. <laughs> did, did, did he toe poke it? No, toe he did, he just he just pushed it wide right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. all right. So the commercials are not a big deal anymore. I won't even bring them up next year. No, <laughs> I don't think they're that big. <laughs> deal. Chris, we... Chris seems disappointed by this. Well, it used to be a big thing. I it mean, did. it used to be the big thing. I, mean, I was, My favorite ad, I think, of all time is not the same as everybody else's, but it was a monkey and some old country guy banging on a banjo with a stick. And the two of them just <laughs> what, acted like idiots for 30 what seconds. What Super Bowl was this? It was about 20 years ago. Oh, okay. So they smacked a bunch of stuff, made a bunch of noise, and did absolutely nothing for 30 seconds. And then the guy came on and said, well, we just wasted our Twenty million dollars. What are you going to do with yours? And it was a investment ah.
6: company.
4: I the Oreo was one good. was about how through time you've had Oreos. Like they showed the prehistoric, um, like asteroid hitting the Earth, and then the Trojan horse <laughs> and all that stuff. So. I didn't
5: get it. I didn't see that one. Yeah. So yeah. I do I remember really, this one. I'm kind of sorry I brought it all up. I, I mean, me it, too. It, me it too. doesn't get any better than the Bud commercials back in the day. Those used yeah. to be the. That was like primetime TV right there.
4: Uh, what, what was it? Um, was up? We had the was up. Yeah, you had the the frogs doing it. It was oh, all the
5: frogs. frogs were great. <laughs> all right, the uh, the Padres, as we mentioned, back in spring training, pitchers and catchers have reported. So you know what that means? That means we're going to get to hear from these guys quite often. Joe Musgrove, obviously ha- looking forward to a healthy season this year, uh, was asked what his hopes were for this team's mental- mentality is during the spring training this season.
11: Yeah, I think we need to do a better job of, you know, identifying what our identity is as a team, you know, from the get-go of spring training. I felt like we had expectations of what we expected of ourselves as a group, and it wasn't talked, you know, openly and out loud enough uh, for everybody to understand what that was. So we found ourselves in a little bit of a hole early on, and trying to find your identity when your back's against the wall is a little difficult. So I think we need to set the tone, you know, early on in spring training and figure out what those things are that we're going to, you know, what the standards are here, and uh, make sure everyone's on the same page.
9: Is it a completely different feeling from a year ago? I mean, there was so much hype and expectations from day one of spring training. Yeah. Is it, does it feel, when I mean, spring training you started, but does it feel different?
11: It feels good. I mean, um, Schultz done a really good job of, of, you know, starting those first steps of building the foundation of the team and what our identity is going to be. So um, ultimately, I think communication is one of the biggest things, you know, as players, you don't want to feel like, you know, you're know, you being told everywhere you're going to be and what you're going to do. It's nice to feel like you have a little bit of say in that, but ultimately you want somebody at the top that's running the show that, you know, takes a leadership role and, um, you know, everyone kind of falls in line behind him makes things a little bit easier.
9: Cause that had those expectations. Now, was that tough to live with last year just because it was so much hype around this team?
11: Yeah. Um, I mean, ultimately it's, it, it falls in our hands as players, you know, we're the ones out there, you know that have the opportunity to win and lose games. Obviously, your manager can put you in, in better situations and, and give you the best opportunity. But when you're out there, you got to go out and do your job. And um, yeah, we just we fell short in, in meeting some of those expectations and doing some of the small things that allow us to be in the positions to, to succeed.
5: I mean, that's um, it's pretty clear cut as it gets uh, from a, from a guy this early, right? I mean, trying to ide- trying to figure out what their identity is early to actually discussing what that identity is. Um, and then he said a lot of the things that I, I don't know, we must've talked about at, uh, at a, at, at nauseam last year, the little, 162 <laughs> times, at <laughs> least. the, the little things trying yeah. to clean those things up. Yeah. And, and what Joe is, I think expressing is that this is the time to do it is during spring training. This is where you get all those good habits and you build them up. Um, and you do it here in spring training. You also figure out who you are, or at least start to approach who you are here in spring training. So uh, good to hear from from Joe. It's been a it's it's you know it was a, it was a rough season all the way around, but he's stability to me.
3: Listen to this lineup real quick. Nick Fortas, Does anybody even know who that is? You do, Tony. Yes. You call games. Yes. Scrappy, does you recognize that name? No.
4: No. Catcher,
3: Yuli Gurriel. Oh yeah, I know. First that base, one. Luis Arias. Second base, Joey Wendell. Just the Miami Marlins. Yeah. Gene Segura, Brian De La Cruz, Jazz Chisholm, who was hurt most of the year, Jesus Sanchez, and then uh, Jorge Soler did have a great year. My point is, uh, Alcantara was hurt the entire year. And when he wasn't hurt, he was terrible. Jesus Lazardo, Braxton Gear. I'm bringing up the Miami Marlins because they were in the playoffs last year, right? They were. 84 yeah. wins. They won more than the Diamondbacks won last year. If that roster can make the playoffs, and I'm sure they did it because they did the little things well, they executed, they hit with guys in scoring position. Won a lot of, remember they won a ton of close games? Wasn't that record in one run games was at like insanely good? Yeah. I'm just saying yeah. everybody who's saying the Padres aren't gonna be good this year isn't paying attention to really how baseball works. It's nice to win the offseason. Did you just throw up on the mic right <laughs> there? No, I was gonna I thought Chris was done, so I was gonna <laughs> jump in, but I stopped. I didn't no, hear him do no, that. No, no. <laughs> Anyway, I'm just throwing it out there. If the Marlins can make the playoffs with that club and a lot of guys not having great years, the Marlins yeah, can say, make the playoffs. Sandy wasn't
5: hurt for most of the year. He just didn't have... I'm sorry, have, he wasn't
3: hurt. He just was terrible. He, he just didn't have a games. good year. Yeah. They were 33-14 and 14 in one-run games.
5: They Plus also,
3: 19. Yeah. That is crazy.
5: They beat the Padres in in one at, at at their place. So,
3: I mean, if that team can make the playoffs and have a year like that, you know, stop giving up on the Padres before the season starts. That's that's silly. I mean, that's a good point. It it just goes to show you when
5: you are taking care as a, as you said, when you're taking care of those little things, little things, you know what type of team you are. The thing that made The Marlins uh, allowed them to go on that run, as they knew that their back of their bullpen was was pretty good.
3: It's pretty good. It wasn't amazing though, Tony. I mean, AJ Puck.
5: No, you got to stop looking at the names. You got to look at the production in which they gave right. Because they had good years. The
3: highest save guy was fifteen. Yeah, they didn't have. They didn't have a a Josh Hader. Yeah, they didn't have that. No,
5: but they did have a team that they knew if the game was close. After six, they were going to find a way to win because yeah, those one-run games um, that they start to breed confidence. We saw it in the Padres the year before,
3: but that to me, the difference between the Marlins and the Padres could be pretty much played out in their one-run record. Yeah, the Marlins were plus nineteen in terms of one-run games. I get I, it. The Padres were far from that. I'm looking it up right now, and it's taking just a second. uh, The Padres, oh my God, I forgot they were this bad, Tony. Nine and twenty-three. Yeah, in one. They didn't win. They were minus
5: twenty-four. They didn't win one extra inning game, and I don't believe. I think they only scored, if I'm not mistaken, like two runs in actual extra inning
3: play. Yeah, they won their last two extra inning games, so they finished two and twelve and they were minus 14. I, my math was wrong, but they did they were minus 14 in one run games. The Marlins were plus 19 prior to those So the Marlins weren't better than the Padres. No. They just had a better record.
5: P- prior to those two wins, they didn't have but like two runs in right. extra innings. Yeah. So, I mean Crazy. As, as a lot of people said last, some of it yes, they didn't take care of the little stuff. They may not have known what their identity is. But a lot, some of
3: this was just pure bad luck. I think you're right. I so, think you gotta, you gotta, you gotta factor in some of that. Let's at, let's at least think that luck will be half better this
5: year than I it was last so. year.
4: I'm getting on the chat a lot that it seems like fans are thinking that Mike Shill is going to get them in the right mindset better than they were last year.
5: Maybe so. I know Mike is. He's about knowing what. Your identity is. He's certainly about the little things. Those are things that are high priority. But before, priorities but before for.
3: you think that Bob Melvin wasn't good at that, and I know that a lot of people are saying, oh, it was all Bob Melvin. The year before, with we Bob talked Melvin, about we talked about it. yes. They were 30 and 17. Right. So, same guy, totally opposite same team. results. Yeah. And they were twelve and five in extra innings the year before, and that's what leads
5: you to. And I very rarely go to luck. But yeah, but you, they go a thirty luck and
3: 17
5: one year, and then what was it nine nine and, and
3: twenty three last year? Same manager, so don't don't give me the old Bob Melvin couldn't get it. Bob Melvin was the same guy; it what, just didn't work last what, year. What
5: happened is is that those players that were on those two teams come into this spring training understanding, as Joe just said we got to do a better job of making sure that these things are tied up. And by these things, I mean the little things and knowing what their identity is. Got
3: to get closer to 30-17 and this year. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's get to break. More Gwen and Chris on the other side. Here's a little traffic. Four teams dropped out of the uh, men's college basketball rankings this week. Three of them were for the Mountain West Conference. See you later, Utah State. New Mexico. And our Aztecs, all falling out of the rankings. Aztecs will take on Colorado State tomorrow. Colorado State is ranked 25th in the coaches poll. A little love from the coaches for the Mountain West. Appreciate the coaches. Thank you, coaches. <laughs> Appreciate uh, the coaches. Hey, real quick.
5: You know, you know Debo didn't have the great, greatest game, but he had some really clean shoes on yesterday. Debo, oh, he had Debo? your favorite... He had, shoes. He had the Jordan 11's Lowe's.
3: Jordan the, 11 Lowe's. The patent
5: leather ones. Boom. <laughs> Tony. Oh, his
3: cleats. Yes. Tony loves shoes. Oh, I mean, wow. there's no they, question. They were quite familiar. You are the shoe guy.
4: Well, not I, bad. I, I'm not really like, I, I I don't know why you need super cool cleats like that. It's the Super Bowl. Okay. Wow. That well, if was If you're a ever going to wear nice this shoes, you might time. as well. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised the no fun league doesn't find them for that. I was surprised too, because you they find like, for everything else.
5: The shoe doesn't match your team colors. I don't know how you're able. Maybe to Maybe he this did off. get
3: fined, yeah, and he was just willing to pay. That's also true. Could be. Worst news for anybody in the NFL was that Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid both said that a three peat would be pretty cool. So
4: did Travis Kelsey.
3: Yeah, they're going to be going after it. We know this. And
5: they've already given them ammunition by they're not the favorites to win next. They're year. not like, the favorite. This makes this this
4: What's makes going the on whole out three here? Piece, But how long can you use that as your main motivation? It, I don't know that they paid they've much. They've used it for 2 years already. <laughs> That's
5: the thing is, I don't even know that they paid much. Like I never heard them mentioning it before this this last one. So maybe it's a new thing. Maybe they have Got their eyes locked on this. This will be their motivation. No
3: team's ever three-peat, right? No, no team's no ever teams. three-peated. So, I mean, they're going to be going for that. And they're going to be tough plus to Plus that stop. part right there. No team's ever done it. So yeah. that's plenty of motivation. Who do you guys think the top 10 are in the odds right now Ooh. to win the Super Bowl next year? 49ers. 49ers, 49ers, 49ers are number one. Chiefs are number two. Lions. Cowboys, Cowboys are 10th. Whoa. Lions. Lions are fifth. Green well, Bay. Ninth. Your Jets? guys are doing well. Jets just outside the top 10. They're 12th. What about the Texans? 11th. Oh, Doing well. I can't even remember. Oh, Baltimore. Baltimore's third. I can't even remember. Of San the Francisco teams. one, Casey two, Baltimore three, Bengals six. You guys mm. are missing four and seven. Four and seven. Four. And they're in the same division. What about, what about the Dolphins? Dolphins are seven. Oh, so there's another. So uh, Bills. Bills. Bills are four. There you go. You got uh, And the Eagles are also in the top 10. Anyway, round up the that's usual about right. suspects. Yeah. Eagles.
5: Who's going to be the surprise team next year? You know, the
3: Jet, Jets will be there next year. Jets are 12th. They'll be a so surprise. Already they'll be they in could the, be a They'll surprise. be that. Chargers are 13th with Jim Harbaugh Jim, jumping Jim that
5: Jim high up. In, in one, I guess he could do it. They got enough talent to do it in
4: one He's year. You know who was most scared when Patrick Mahomes said that last night was Jim Harbaugh because he just joined a team that's in Patrick Mahomes' division. Yeah, I mean,
5: it, it, it has to suck. Like if you're Antonio Pierce, just got the job. If you know. You're, you're Sean Payton. I mean, poor Sean Payton. They're, they're going to be dreadful. Good
3: Denver. Denver. Good no. Denver is yeah, the uh, be... Denver's at the bottom. The Denver. two teams, the only two teams below Denver, Carolina and Tennessee. No, that's in real. the odds. Anyway, all right, back to uh, spring training we go. Sam Levitt will be joining us from spring training throughout the uh, spring training process. By the way, Tony Gwynn Jr. is heading down soon. Soon. You're about a week away from arriving yourself in Peoria. Yes, indeed. You'll be sending us back postcards from Peoria. I will indeed. I know that's one of your favorite Can't segments. Wait. <laughs> Can't, Can't wait. Can't wait, And then after you're down there for about 10 days. Well, how long?
2: When no, are they, they actually about?
3: whisking you off to Korea? The 13th. So you're a month away from that? Yes. Are you excited? Yes and no.
5: I'd still have to come up with some cold weather clothing for Korea. I have it. Is Korea be... cold weather. Yes, oh, I've heard Someone texted me Did last time we talked
4: that. about this yeah. and Did said not that know. it's going to be coldest... like the mid 40s. Yeah, the coldest time of their life was in Korea. Yeah, mid 40s at, at a
5: high, as a high it's going to be below realize. That. Yeah.
3: Did not realize your guys were going to uh There's
5: two exhibition games that I just kind of figured out. Yeah, they're gonna have schedule against two of the uh Yes, teams. you do
3: play a couple of games over there. I think one of us against uh, Go's former team. Right. I think they're both against the two of the
5: Korean teams. Yes, and then they're
3: playing a couple of exhibition games on day, top of the right, Dodger game. There's a day
5: off and then opening day the uh, the following day. Didn't
3: realize you're going to Siberia. You're going to Korea, <laughs> actually. <laughs> it's close to Siberia. But it's gonna yeah. be cold. Yes, All right.
4: man. Have delightful. you found a place for me in your luggage yet? I have not. I, am I am I officially giving up my dream I, of going I think, to Korea? Great, I you've think lost you a
3: lot of weight, but not enough to uh, fit on the uh, scale.
5: <laughs> Just
4: break airline luggage. <laughs> Just
3: break. How and are you going to get Korea? there? I don't know you why you want to go to Korea so bad.
4: <laughs> because I think it's fun. I think, and because I kind of have an in to getting in the building. If you know, I heard the tickets were kind of hard to buy. But do you really have an in, though? You think they'd let you? Padres in? Radio.
5: Baby, I mean, but is it an end that can you can they actually get you in?
4: I would believe that I would be able to get in if I was there.
5: I'm saying no, I'm talking about getting there. I know you probably have a chance. No, get
4: it. into the building. Are you? What, what are you talking I'm about? Talking about getting to Korea. Oh, getting He's to saying, Korea. But you <laughs> He's know, the, saying if he
3: gets part. to Korea, they'll get him into the game. Yeah, he thinks. Yeah,
4: he, yeah. Thinks, uh, yeah,
3: he thinks somebody's going to help a, get him into the game. That's
5: a, that's a dangerous think right there.
4: I um. I'm not going, so it does matter. Fortunately, it doesn't matter, right, because yeah. you're not going. Unfortunately, but... I've been asking Adam like every week for, <laughs> since the Korea series. You've been
3: like a little kid asking to go to the bathroom, basically, <laughs> and, and jumping up down. Can I go to the Korea? Can I go to Korea? Please, can I go to Korea?
4: It's like enough. Well, already. if Sam Levitt doesn't get to go, then I understand why I don't get to yeah, go. Yeah, Sam the Great isn't going. Sam know. told me I could sleep on his floor, so I would have done it. <laughs> I would have. Yes, done
5: it. I mean the, the the whole the whole you know once the whole you get thing there, is getting there. Right,
4: I about to say the hard part is getting to Korea. It's a long swim. Yes, <laughs> I'm I'm not swimming through the ocean to Korea. I'm not doing that. Yeah, Thank that, you that, for that though, that, Chris. that would that would be so, good. So Jack that. says if I went to Korea, it would be Clueless in Korea, The Scravy Story. I am actually a great world traveler, by the way. I can see you actually being a great world traveler. I've been to London four times. I've been to Europe. Oh, listen to I've you. I've been to Europe like in the London four five times, times, six times maybe. I've done a lot of traveling in my life. I'm a good traveler. Oh, I'm see. the guy who like knows where to go. Like I've always wanted to be on Amazing Race, and someone suggested that Chris and I should sign up for Amazing Race. <laughs> that would be phenomenal. That'd be some good ratings right there. <laughs> I, I, I think we might actually Chris have to try that out for that would show because be phenomenal. Do you, do you
3: want the uh, challenge? No, you do it. <laughs> well, you're gonna you're gonna be eating scrape. You'll be like, well, I can do it. You're gonna be yeah. whatever the challenge is.
4: Scraby can do it. You're gonna do the eating challenges, and I'm gonna do all the uh, see, young people challenges. What, what,
5: what people would get a chance to? Yeah, he took a little shot there. <laughs> if people, if people, what people would get a chance to see is what I get to see. On an everyday basis, behind
6: yeah. the
3: scenes, they would I think get the to problem with us being TV. on the Amazing Race is that we'd have to spend time away from the camera, like <laughs> in the hotel and <laughs> eating meals together. Dude think, think would be good on the I camera. I think it would be great. You, Off the camera would be struggle. Would be a struggle.
4: Do you think Chris and I would uh, be able to work together after an Amazing Race type show? I don't no. know. After the show, there would yeah. need to be a thaw out period. I think. Someone said there would be the first murder in show's history. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. I, uh, uh, is it me? No, it's you, No, nah, it's time to go to break. We we didn't really have any good Peoria stuff anyway, so we'll step aside, come back. Our interview of the day, we haven't decided what it is yet, but uh, may go Charlie Hoffman after that brilliant performance in Phoenix. Come back, find out with us.
5: Last segment of the Happy Hour, 5.37 on the clock. Tony good, Junior. Chris Mas Matt Jerickson Profar, back in a Padre uniform. Mike Schilt was asked how concerning it is to only have a few left-handed hitters, even after adding Jerickson Profar.
9: Well, I mean, listen, you know, you always want the ideal, perfectly balanced club, but, you know, we haven't started the season yet. And to AJ's point, we you know, the guys that we are going to get opportunities for, you know, like I say, Johnson's a switch hitter and, you know, Mitchell hits from the left side and um, you got, you know, Pauly and Marcy and, and um, of course, we talked about Jackson. So we've got options there. Just, um, you know, it's going to be a competitive camp and we'll see.
1: Obviously, Jerkson gives you some versatility on where he can play, but he's somebody that seemingly has always been really well-liked inside the clubhouse and for whatever it's worth, the team started winning more when he got here last season. From that perspective, the clubhouse perspective, what does Jerkson bring?
9: Yeah, he's, a, he's, like I said, very popular guy, really good energy, has the experience. Um, the, I use the word, like, glue guy, guy you can count on, guy that makes others around him better. Um, you know, like, It's hard to quantify, otherwise we would have this thing figured out in our game. But, um, we, you know, having the experience of knowing how important clubhouses are, knowing how important to have positive guys that also can share um, truce with everybody around them. Hold um, guy's accountable in a, in a good way. You know, Jackson, um, Jerickson brings that.
5: You know, obviously, Jerickson, these are some of the same things we talked about in terms of why you would bring him back. Um, the Padres got the right price to bring him back, and so he's in the fold. But I, I caution everybody, not necessarily having to do with Jerickson. We're talking about using spring training to figure out who belongs, who doesn't belong. And we know spring training every year. There's more than a few guys that have tremendous spring trainings, but they don't transfer to the regular season. It's not an exact science, right? So a guy could have a great spring and go out and play well and solidify his spot, but that does not then mean that come regular season that everything is just going to be settled.
3: Oftentimes it's not. How many guys have uh, dominated spring training, and honestly, they get sent down right before the season starts, and we don't hear from them again. Yeah, some guys don't even hit a hundred in spring training, and then the season starts, and they're right on cue. So not everything gets settled, right? The point being, you can't. It's tough it, yeah, it's, it's a it's really tough to yeah. know. Profar is going to make the team. I don't know that he's your every you know opening day starter in left field. Yet? Yeah, it all depends on who else they acquire and or who you know who, who steps, emerges exactly, exactly. But right now, I think people are thinking, well, the outfield set. We got our third outfielder. I'll be shocked if the opening day outfielder from left to right is Profar, Azokar, and Tatis. That would be shocking. I can't imagine that's going to be the opening day outfield. It, it could, could be, it could, but yeah, I don't but think it so. Could be. But yeah, exactly. So he was also. And
5: so I should let me back that up. The other thing going into this spring training, I think an exciting part of this club is we're going to get a chance to see Luis Camposano on an on an everyday basis. Mike Schilt was asked his thoughts on Luis's progress and what what he wants to see from him come this camp.
9: Campy's great. great. Um, we had a good conversation yesterday. We have good conversations every day. He's taking the next steps to be that established everyday guy. Um, just just. Um, very intentional about every aspect of his craft, creating relationships. I'm really pleased with what he's already done with our new players relative to the trades and, and the guys he's not familiar with coming up. He's um, already establishing relationships with them, being very intentional with Ruben and pitching department about how what guys are using, how they're operating. Um, so from that regard, he's taking a really next step, which is super important for him to run a staff.
3: He's got a lot to do. He does. Everyone's going to look at his batting average. How many home runs is he going to hit? What's he going to, you know, what's he going to bring offensively Is what he did last year assigned? Guess what? 90% of what's going to be most important is how he handles the pitching staff. And and, and that's stuff you all won't know.
5: You you won't, but honestly, that's where he made probably the biggest strides last year. Is right. he gained the trust of a lot of those pitchers on the staff, including probably the most important one in, in Joe Musgrove. And, you know, he I should say Joe was the first one to kind of open the door, and then gradually you started seeing him catch more guys. I think that's where he's made the biggest jump. Now, for a guy who is talented offensively like Luis is, the, the problem, at, that, at especially for a young guy, is to forget the most important part of his job. And that isn't the offense. I know. That is being able to call games and make sure your pitchers especially this staff. He last year I mean he had it pretty good, right? You you had a veteran staff in Lugo, uh, Waka, Musgrove, Darvish, Snell.
3: Got young guys to do to the, this, bring along this the, year. And a whole lot of
5: work you gotta do other than just following Put their the fingers lead. down. Right. It's gonna be a little different this year. So Certainly uh, somebody to be watching as we get into spring training. All right. Uh, We were very fortunate earlier in this show to have Charlie Hoffman after he finished second in the Waste Management Open. Um, If you missed it, you'll get a chance to hear it right after some traffic. He prepared us for that when he came on our show. He
3: said, I'm going to be in the hunt.
5: He said, And listen, I think for some they may have considered it tongue-in-cheek, but he was very serious when he said, I, what do you say? I think the, something was along the lines I'm old enough and dumb enough to think that I can compete with these that guys. That I can beat these guys. Yeah, and he uh, has health. Well, he to also said work. he
3: was healthy. Yeah, that's, that's the other thing.
5: That's the big thing. Let's get Charlie on the line here right now. Charlie Hoffman joins us. Charlie, first of all, great, great tournament. We wish you could have seen you win it. But uh, you held true to your words. You said you were dumb enough to think you could uh, beat these young guys, and you certainly took it all the way to the end.
10: I'm a man of my word, I guess. Uh, <laughs> you know what, I, I, uh, I had the lead coming down the back nine, and I, I think I shot three or four under on the, on the back nine, and you know what, it just wasn't good enough.
3: Well, I mean, when did you when did you start thinking to yourself, hey, I got a shot at this, or did you ever allow yourself to think that?
10: oh no you, you think about it there's no question uh <laughs> you know i i saw my name creeping up there around around the turn uh at the top of the leaderboard i knew they had a few more holes to play which in that scenario is probably better because there's some birdie holes out there but as long as i kept making birdies i i felt good about it and uh i was able to keep the pressure on and uh post a number obviously what i i was I had in my mind i wanted to get the 22 didn't quite get there and uh you know what? Uh, Nick took advantage of the little crack door that was open, and he uh, he clutched up coming down the stretch, birdie, and I think three of the last four, and then two playoff holes. So, I mean, hats off to him, no, no question.
5: Charlie, the the one thing you spoke about the first time we we talked at the beginning of this season was your health. You talked about finally feeling healthy. How much has that played into really how well you've played through the last two tournaments?
10: Yeah, no question. I, I've got a great team assembled in San Diego now. Uh, Dr. Peter Mackay is my Cairo. Uh, Kaylee Franklin is my uh P, or is my uh trainer and then Greg Rose is sort of my CEO at, at TPI. and uh you know what and uh great, and then uh Mark Blackburn is my swing instructor and they all talk together and we, we made sure I, I did the right process, made everything right uh in the last six months or so to be ready for this year, make sure I was ready uh Play good golf, and uh you know what—the plan has come to fruition. We don't—we don't know how long that's going to last. Obviously, forty-seven years old and a bum back, but I'm going to—I'm going to press the pedal down for uh, as long as I can, and hopefully, the, the back hangs in there.
5: Charlie, at what point through the process, as somebody who's been injured before and, and is goes has gone through some of this rehab stuff, there is a point where you start to feel like, you know, what I, I think I'm going to be all right. I, I, I think I can give this a go. At what point? Did that get to, or or what point did you get to that, that, that time?
11: You know,
10: being able to practice again, like last year was like, all right, just being happy to be in the tournament and being able to play and play the tournament. But I wasn't really being able to put the reps in this off season, being able to practice, put the reps in, do, hit the balls, practice, chip, putt, do those things that make the elite, the elite. And uh, I was able to do that and prepare this off season and, uh, I knew I was in a good spot, but I mean, at 47 years old, and to be honest, you, you sometimes wonder if you ever can compete at the highest level again, uh, with the best in the world. And uh, I proved to myself this last week that I I, I can still hang. I, I thought it before; I was just dumb enough to think it, but now I know. <laughs> well, we do too, man. Thanks for taking us on this ride. I mean,
3: because you you told us, like you know, Tony said you told us early in the year that you were going to, you know, be in all these tournaments. You weren't you weren't going to be sitting out. You're going to be playing. You were feeling pretty good. I mean, we've been looking for you, and you know, to see you see you right there on the final day. You said that you definitely thought about it, but how do you how do you kind of manage those thoughts when you're actually, you know, getting ready to play the last three or four holes, or even playing in, in the playoff? I'm assuming you've got to focus on the job at hand, is you know, without trying to keep that other stuff out of there a little bit.
10: You know, what it was funny is I felt so comfortable. I felt more comfortable Sunday coming down the stretch than some days some weeks trying to make a cut it's like i was meant to be there I, that that's where i was meant to be it was in the lead and trying to win the golf tournament and it, and it was fun i embraced it my family and friends were out there supporting me and uh i just wanted to make my family proud out there and i i, I think i did and uh, i gave it a good shot and you know what it, 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 i i was free rolling i'm 47 years old no one expects me to win this <laughs> tournament and you know what i had a chance and I, And I thought I had it done. I thought I'd post a number up there that would get it done. But like you said, I I couldn't control what Nick did, and Nick Nick stepped up.
5: Charlie Hoffman joins us. PGA Tour vet finished second in the waste open management. You know, unfortunately, outside of of the leaderboard, the other story uh, at West Management was, excuse me, at Waste Management was the crowd. It, It seemed to be a little more raucous than normally there, what was your take, you know, being on the, on the ground floor there?
10: You know what I, on Saturday, which is traditionally the largest day out there is I was only on the front nine. So I didn't get to see the back nine where the, where all the hospitality was is and all the, all the chaos is. So I, I didn't experience it. That being said, it rains so much. Normally, traditionally you can walk around on the hills and do all that stuff. You couldn't do that. If you saw any video, you'd slip and fall on your butt. Mm. So everything was congested—the car pass and the walking areas—which made it somewhat hazardous to get in and out of the in and out of the venue. Uh, I think they did a great job by limiting limiting alcohol sales and limiting the patrons that came in. But you know what? It got to the point where it was tough. It was it was un- unforeseen circumstances with the weather, and uh, I think they handled it great. I obviously got a little ruckus. Some players said some bad things, but I think if you pull them all, we embrace embrace those fans, and uh, we know what we're getting ourselves into when we play the. Wm Phoenix Open. So, uh, you know what? I, I think that the tournament, the tour will learn from those situations, and uh, we'll be better because of it. And uh, I'm looking forward to another great, great event next year uh, in Phoenix. Anybody needs a
6: loan?
3: Uh, I'm not going to say how much Charlie Hoffman earned for <laughs> finishing second yesterday, but it was a lot of money.
6: So, congratulations
3: <laughs> for that, Charlie. And you know, beating out Scheffler, beating out Spieth, beating out all these named guys. I mean, again you you're kind of playing a little bit with house money and to see you right up there i mean it just i feel really proud of you and you said you know your family was proud of you and you're proud of. i mean this is a great thing for you i i don't know that it's you know the all-timer but to get this at 47 not a lot of guys get this chance
10: yeah you know what phil won a major at 50 obviously he's someone i looked up to i mean he's playing a different tour now but i mean he's he's been inspirational for what i've done in my career and uh you know what? If he can do it at fifty, I can do it too. Uh, you always want to—you want to always outdo those guys uh, that that you're close to. And uh, he brings—he gives me a lot of inspiration. Uh, hopefully, I can, I'm competing as long as as he has, and uh, hopefully, I can contend in majors t- until I'm fifty and change.
5: Charlie, one of the things I caught on the broadcast is that they were talking about you being a part of the PGA Tour Policy Board and um, how much time that took—you know, of of you, you know, your time in general. Would you say your golf game is in a better place because you have the time to actually work on it now?
10: A a combo. Obviously, it's well documented that I've been hurt for the last few years, which gave me a little bit more time to to focus on the policy board. But now that I was healthy, uh, definitely being able to work on my game and not be distracted by the phone calls, which I embrace and which I love being a part of. I I would never uh, not want to be a part of that process. But you know what? I opted out. They asked me to come back and uh, do another year. And I, I said no because I wanted to focus on golf because I did truly believe I had some good years in front of me. And uh, I didn't want to be distracted with the policy board, even though they were, it's a crucial time in the, in the, for the PGA Tour and the, the future of it. But uh, I felt uh, comfortable with who was in charge and who was leading us as, as the players. And uh, I was able to step down and step back and uh, focus on my golf game and uh, um I think I'm reaping the benefits now. Yeah,
3: Charlie Hoffman's with us, coming off the big day yesterday, a big weekend in Phoenix. And uh, Scravey said, "This qualifies you now for the Genesis and at Riviera." And what's your schedule coming up, Charlie? I had to cancel
5: that ski trip. It yeah, sounds
3: that's like right.
10: I heard a ski trip <laughs> yeah.
3: to, was was uh, was put on hold.
10: Yeah, my my ski trip was put on hold. I think the family's still going to go up the Mammoth and enjoy some <laughs> snow and. Uh, <laughs> Enjoy a good time, but you know what? I gotta go back to work. But you know what? I love playing golf. I don't. I don't consider it work whatsoever, and it's, it's something I love to do, and I love to compete. And obviously, playing in Tiger's event and uh, playing against the best in the world in a signature event is uh, what I try to do each and every year. And hopefully, I can uh, make the home home California fans uh, inspired this week and uh, obviously contend again.
5: Well, Charlie, you certainly have inspired all of us this past week, and we certainly will be behind you once again when the, when the genesis does take place. Congratulations on a good finish. Wish you could have won. We'll do it again soon. Thanks for coming on.
10: Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me anytime. We'll talk again. Thanks, Charlie. Charlie Hoffman.
3: Getting it done. Getting it done.
10: Getting it done. My goodness.
3: I love it. I love. I got to root for anybody over – I root for anybody over 35. Let alone forty so. Oh, so
4: you root for me, thanks.
3: And he's from San right, anybody over from... thirty nine. <laughs> and he's from it. San Diego. So, Poway High School. He's in your Hall of Fame, fame Tony. In, yeah, you guys are Hall of Fame. Hall of uh, Fame buddies.
4: Buddies. Very good. He uh I I gotta say, like I've seen Charlie Hoffman play golf for a really, really, really long time, but yesterday he looked amazing. Every shot
3: he was hitting he was close. You could see it.
4: Yeah. And, and it seems like some of these
3: guys get better with age. For those of you, he's for not those supposed who, to be competi- competing though at 47. I mean, even he knows this is borrowed time it's beautiful. Yeah. Mean, it's great listen, to
5: see. For those who who have who've had back issues and know how debilitating that can be.
3: Yeah. Um Scraby's the, had front issues. I don't know what that even is. I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Am I like a Ken doll or something? Like
6: front issue. I think it's maybe
4: my belly <laughs> that I have. I, I'm. in the hard on that part. I yeah, have. I have. Good job on that. I even didn't. I didn't even really want to eat bad yesterday. Like SD Fat Loss has changed my entire. I just, all I had was wings
5: right. last yesterday. I, we went big on the wings. Like how many wings? I had a, lot of, you have? I had a lot of wings, <laughs> like over twenty five. <laughs> we had about. It was just my family. Oh, just like the you kids, and your kids and my and wife. Guy. Okay, and we had so. about four pounds
3: of wings. Whoa, oh. my
4: goodness!
5: And they, we pretty much went through them.
3: Wow! I have one thing to say: the gwyns do it upright. They do. They do.
4: They know what they're doing.
3: Yes, they do. Uh, we try. He's
4: got all the goodies too out, out to like cook things as well. Like
5: although my grill was uh, not in use. The, the rain has basically oh. flooded, <laughs> flooded, flooded the area. grill. I had to put like, what did, I don't know what they call those uh, those joints, guys get in the water with waiters, right? Oh, you, wait, I would, you had, really? I, I would have had to have some on That's in order crazy. To, to grill. I golfed on Saturday. And I might have got electrocuted in the process, so <laughs> I just decided to wait.
4: I golfed on Saturday, and there was so much mud. I couldn't believe how much mud there was. Y- yesterday, the air fryer came in. Oh, big time. Handed. Yeah,
5: air fryer. Big time.
4: Handed. Do you remember when we were trying to convince Adam that an air fryer was a good thing? <laughs> he, wasn't, he had no he wasn't, idea. He
5: wasn't feeling it
4: at all. Air fryers are amazing. I was like, man, if you don't
5: go ahead and use that air fryer the way it's supposed to be, man, you're wasting time. Wasting. That's going to do it for Monday show. We'll be back at it again tomorrow. Myself. Chris, you're not here tomorrow. Huh?
3: No, I'll be here a little late. Okay. I'm traveling. That's but right. I will be joining the uh, joining the proceedings tomorrow. Well, it'll be me and Scravy until then.
5: Have a safe travel home. We'll see you again tomorrow.
4: Scravy Show next. Peace!